I'm fine. Okay. I, uh, I'm mostly fine. I'm not really that fine. Uh, no, I'm prepared. I'm just, I'm overprepared, so I don't know which thing to play today. Also, uh, uh, the IT department just, they wiped my computer and reinstalled everything today. So, uh, so everything is here, but it's not all, it's not all working, like, as such. Well, so, if you need me to cover for you, I'm sure I could find something to play. What would you possibly play? Please don't play the whole thing. Thank you. I know. Now, I've got three different things to choose from today. I've got retro. I've got, uh, sort of new and creepy. And it's not the mist, or I've got a uh, timely. I don't know. I'm torn between new and creepy and timely. How about you, Tim? Riley? I've got creepy. I've got new and timely. I am torn in the same direction. <laughs> Do Why don't we to... play them both? Want me to play them both? Okay. Should I start creepy or should I start? Um... Okay. No, I'll start creepy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. That's great. That's wonderful, right there. Yeah, that's... this is creepy. That's right. You shut. You shut up. Um. All right. Let's try this one more time. All wave devices that can play files in the current format are in use. Well, that's that's great. That's great. Hold on. No, no, no. It's I'll pull it together. Well, that's that's wonderful. Any any day now. I'm doing the best I can. Thanks, Bill Gates. <laughs> Thank you very very much. All right. So there's going to be uh, maybe a little lag between the first one and the second one. Is that just to fill time? Yeah. Is that going to be the mortar between the bricks here? There we go. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here you go. Here's your first show clip for today. Right here on the Rick Emerson Radio. Error downloading codec. I was. I had this all prepared. You just play that for a second. Don't you worry about me. I'll be right here. Good job, Rick. Get off my back! Okay, can we just, uh, for a second here, can you, can, is my computer up? Yes. Okay. My train is... Okay, there we go. All right, fantastic. All right, let, so we just, do you want to is start this now? all over again? No, 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 I stopped it, but I wanted to make sure the audio was there. All right. Are we ready? Shall we start again? Are we ready, Rick Emerson? <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the... Uh, all wave devices that can play. It was just playing. <laughs> like five seconds ago, it was just playing. Thanks. Just give me one more second. Don't you worry about me. I can't wait to see the segue between the creepy one and the timely one. Okay, hold on. No, no, no. Yeah? You just, give, give me just a second. Since we've already spent like an hour putting you know, putting this opening together here, let me just uh, open with... No. All right, so there's here's the thing. There's no guarantee. <laughs> there's no guarantee that these are both going to play. So I'm going to start with the if creepy one. If one of them one. plays, I'll be happy. I'm going to start with the creepy <laughs> one. There may be no way to segue... Uh, to the timely one. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's the creepy half of the day. This is the best show opening ever. Right. Denver, Colorado, USA. My train is late. The western drawbridge is being tested. Todd Wainio doesn't seem to mind waiting for me at the platform. We shake hands under the station's mural of victory, 
easily the most recognizable image of the American experience in World War Z. My host looks very small and frail next to these towering two-dimensional icons. Like most men of his generation, Todd Wania was old before his time. With an expanding paunch, receding graying hair, and three deep parallel scars down the side of his right cheek, it would be difficult to guess that this former U.S. Army infantryman is still, at least chronologically, at the beginning of his life. I know professional historians like to talk about how Yonkers represented a catastrophic failure of the modern military apparatus, how it proved the old adage that armies perfect the art of fighting the last war just in time for the next one. Personally, I think that's a big old sack of it. Sure, we were unprepared. Our tools, our training, everything I just talked about, all one class A gold standard cluster f But the weapon that really failed wasn't something that rolled off an assembly line. It's as old as, I don't know, I guess as old as war. It's fear, dude. Just fear. And you don't have to be Sun freaking Sue to know that the real fighting isn't about killing or even hurting the other guy. It's about scaring him enough to call it a day. Break their spirit. That's what every successful army goes for. From tribal face paint to the Blitzkrieg to, what do we call the first round of Gulf War II? Shock and awe? Perfect name. Shock and awe. But what if the enemy can't be shocked and awed? Not just won't, but biologically can't. Hey. Oh, wait a minute. Listen. Just listen. You got more natural talent when you dance than anybody I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of dancers. I studied in New York. Alvin Ailey. You burn when you dance. Yeah, you said I couldn't. Oh, you gotta hold some of it in. You got some to learn, Destiny. What's that? More wisdom? I know that. Well, it ain't right. You got too much talent for it to be right. Get out of here! Yeah. Okay. Girls! Right up to the ceiling. Yeah? Right. This That's is Nomi. Hey. Okay. Nikki, Julie, Dina, and you know Gay. How you doing? They'll run you through it once. You just watch, and then we'll blend you in. Okay, music! Go! How does she do? She's no butterfly. Tony, she's all pelvic thrust. I mean, she prowls. She's got it. I wonder how she got it. Well, she certainly didn't learn it. She learned it all right, but they don't teach it in any class. Fantastic. All right, it's that kind of a, it's that kind of smooth delivery and uh, audio finesse that's made this uh, the Entertainer of the Year, uh, three years running, award-winning program. All right, do you see what I mean? How it was the worst segue ever from World War Z to Showgirls. I'm just glad it was running. We had Rick Astley, Astley standing by in case it hadn't. Oh, uh... we always have Rick Astley standing by. <laughs> oh, always there. Rick Astley is the new Bill Pullman. Jesus. All right. Well, in any event, hello. Unbelievably, it's 11 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of April in the year of our Lord, 2008. 
Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. Now thrust it. Uh, it's 503. Oh, she learned it. <laughs> they don't teach it at any school, Sarah. She <laughs> God, that's the greatest movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best part is, I'm going to go to CD Game Exchange and buy that today. The best part is when Elizabeth Berkeley is standing on her front porch and the guy's, you know, dancing ain't effing. And she does that, like, the worst acting of her career, which really is saying something. Get out of here! Just go! Oh, man. I'm proud to say that came out of my own personal DVD collection. I, I thought Showgirls, the, the week it came out on DVD. <laughs> I did everything but line up at midnight to buy that movie. With the best sex scene ever. Oh, man, where she's having an epileptic fit, where she looks like a trout on a riverbank. That's when I stopped finding Kyle McLaughlin attractive. Man. So here's what just happened. So I want to make very clear, I'm not blaming the CBSIT department for this. They're actually very good about this. But there's some software we use. We use use that Cardomatic software. And it wasn't the install with that software is not always as smooth as it might ideally be. So it didn't really want to play at the top. And so I really painstakingly brought in this World War Z clip that a guy had sent me. <coughs> and then I decided that well, I would... I was confused because I couldn't tell that where the World War Z one ended and the Showgirls one began. Where does, like, where does why World is he talking War... about dancing? <laughs> it's for World War Z, the Broadway musical. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the zombies. Uh, so I had this World War Z thing that a guy had sent me, and I'd added some stuff to that, and then I had showgirls standing by, and then only one of them wanted to play, and then neither of them wanted to play, and then I started getting those error messages that typically are only seen on Tim's computer during the show. Error XJ59 slash autoplay wave error. And he's just staring at it going, well, okay. Anyway, so... So the World War Z one is the creepy sound bite, and then Sarah is going to, to Vegas on Friday... So Showgirls is timely, but Sarah didn't really put that together in her head. And so as the Showgirls clip is playing just now, Sarah says, why is this timely? Is Elizabeth Berkeley dead? <laughs> like that's immediately what you go to is Elizabeth Berkeley's died. I'm sorry, would you be surprised if Elizabeth Berkeley died? No. No, I would not. She does seem like she's too good for the oh. for Emerson. Yes, she does. All right, Aaron just sent me the creepiest. Angel just got her wings. Yes. Try not to get a little paranoid, but China just admitted to a new strain of flu, one that causes violent reactions in the patient. They found it after a child went, I crap you not, moon fishing, and passed the flu onto his body. You know, body. that's how uh, the zombie outbreak starts. It, that's what I'm saying. This Fantastic. is how it begins. All right. Let's get under control, shall we? Uh, we are here in the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Uh, it is uh, Wednesday. Welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. I can already tell I'm going to have to fight to keep under control for this whole opening segment. Otherwise, it's all going to go into the sewer. Anywho, uh, it's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the zombified, the tedious, the mundane, uh, the what-have-ye. We need to try to get Elizabeth Berkeley on as a guest, like, right now. Like this, like today, or just yeah, in general? Yeah. In, in general, I you think, think we're about to enter a, some sort of a resurgence, a renaissance for Elizabeth Berkeley? I believe so. I think the ship has sailed in getting Rick Astley in the program, but we could probably get Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh, not doing anything. Uh, all right, yes, Richie, I can see the screen, by the way. So yes, I yeah, the software is linked. I can see your call screen. Thank you. 
All right, it's 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up later on today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Also, Steve Kastenbaum, who's... I kid you not, it just says he's calling from the airport. So I guess he's at LaGuardia for quite some time today. So we'll talk to uh, Steve Kastenbaum. Um, Jim Roop will be joining us from... I don't know if he's still in San Francisco or if he's... Yes, he is. Uh, so he's at San Francisco, I guess, is there. I don't know, they're doing this thing of trying to blow the torch out uh, today. So, which really does seem like the smallest of gestures, but it's interesting. So, uh, let's see, top five today. Richie Bristol will be doing his... Richie's going to be doing the top five songs to which he would strip were he a male exotic dancer, which he really might be. Not only is he doing the songs, Rick Emerson, he brought an outfit. Did he really? He brought his outfit he's going to change into for please, it. Please I tell me you're not. lying. I, I'm not joking. He have you uh, seen the outfit? He's described to me the outfit. So he wore. Is it, is it, so is he going to come in and be in the studio while we're playing the songs to which he would presumably strip? I think he might be dancing. Well, that's great. I can't wait. Um, and let's see. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com today. Um, uh, the whole pile of uh, the horrific stories. We got to settle on a name for Rick Emerson. Listener party eleven. Uh, if you missed the announcement yesterday. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, we have uh, Carl Click uh, from K2 Television's Carl Click has signed on to be Roastmaster. Uh, probably next week uh, we'll start unveiling the names of the actual roasters. So Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. The Crystal Ballroom, the centerpiece of which is going to be the Rick Emerson Roast. So uh, roasters unveiled for that next week. Uh, what else? Oh, we got a terrible John McCain song to play later on, and I don't know some other stuff. Uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. So American Airlines cancels all PDX flights as over 1,000 nationwide are grounded for wire inspections. 100,000 travelers will be late. Sarah, what uh, airline are you flying to Vegas? Think not. American. I don't know. Uh, okay. They'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll look at them quickly no, and them back up as soon as possible. I'm sure two shakes of a lamb's tail. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats want the Iraqis to pay their bills with oil. Fat children are banned from donkey rides. A West Virginia teacher is suspended after calling his students trailer park trash. Mr. T brings a child out of a coma. A man with a chainsaw is warned to leave the homeless alone. I've got another chainsaw story over here, too. Oh, really? Yeah, no, so we've got more than one chainsaw story today. Uh, fantastic. Uh, joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. How are you doing today? I am just fabulous. Wait, I'm you? trying to see, um, let's see, Alaska Airlines. So you are not flying it. What what airline is it that's canceled everything? American. All right. So you, you're fine. And so you were going to Vegas, what, Thursday night or Friday morning? When are you going to Vegas? Uh, Friday. Friday. Friday morning. And then you're back Sunday night? Monday morning. Monday. What time? <laughs> I'll get back in at like 9.45. I'm calling it right now that you will not have slept. Uh, by the time you get back Monday morning, you will, in fact, still be awake from the previous night because you will get to around 2 or 3 in the morning, and you will just say, F it, I'm not sleeping. I'm making that prediction right now, so really look forward to that. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's I'm super excited, though. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Uh, no, I think, but uh, I don't think Alaska has any problems, though. I think I think you'll be fine. They haven't had any crashes in the longest time. Oh, no. God. No, Tim. I mean, which I guess does mean no, that... No, it is a safe airline. <laughs> <laughs> they used to give you those prayer cards, but they don't anymore. Is that true? That was Alaska the one that they would yeah. give you the Bible verse to clutch uh -huh. as you were spiraling towards your doom? <laughs> that is not funny. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I'm flying 23rd Psalm Airlines. Uh, anywho, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm sure it's, there it's safer than driving. Uh, it's 5.03. I got rear-ended a couple days ago. Oh, man, I almost hit somebody this morning in the station vehicle. I'm sorry, so you didn't hear that. Um, 
I didn't, but I almost did. It wasn't my fault, but I almost did. But, but it, it wasn't your fault, but you almost rear-ended somebody? Well, I mean, they pulled right in front of me. It, it would have. The thing is, it really wasn't my fault uh, that the collision almost happened. I mean, it was my fault that it didn't, because I... Uh, how do I, how do I put this? They pulled in front of me. I stopped it from happening by braking. They just pulled out without looking at me. But the thing is, when you are the driving the station vehicle, you know it's automatically your fault. Like, there's no... If you're in a radio station vehicle and you hit something, I don't care if it's their fault. I don't care if... It, like the post actually jumped into the middle of the road in front of your car. It you is be, always your fault. You should drive an extra large truck and then get really drunk and try and park it in a parking garage. All right, let's do that today. Maybe at the next listener party, Sarah. Do you remember what? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're okay. talking about. <laughs> Wait, yes. The funny thing is, I've known so many people who've worked at radio stations that have done that. It took me a minute to figure out which one you were referring to. Because uh, we know a couple people who've done that. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything more about it. Anyway, so I had uh, what we might call a bit of a morning. So I <clears throat> so I woke up uh, at like 7 a.m. And, I, you know, normally the big challenge for me is getting out of bed early because it, 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 I, I just have some, there's some wiring in my brain where no matter how much sleep I've gotten the night before, it is very difficult for me to get out of bed in the morning because uh, I'm not a morning person at all. And uh, <clears throat> so the alarm goes off, and I actually woke up really early at 7 a.m., and I was actually, I was rested, I was awake, I was ready to get out of bed and face the newborn day and so forth. And I looked over and I thought, it's 7 o'clock, that's great. Well, you know what, I, I've woken up so early, I am so refreshed, I can actually take a minute and just sort of lay here and relax. And then I woke up at like 8.20. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be late. So, like an hour and 20 minutes of my life just frittered away into a black hole. So, you know, getting up and shaving really quickly. And, of course, when you shave really quickly, what happens? You cut yourself really quickly and multiple times. So I'm doing that Les Nesman thing of, like, sticking, uh, like, tissue paper on my face to stanch the bleeding as I'm running out the front door. And I get, get, in, the, uh, get in the truck and I drive to work. So I, you know, and, and Wednesdays when Terry and I go out and we do our door-to-door thing for the, for the glorious bastard. So I get here. I realize on the way here that I have forgotten the GPS which, of course, both of us need tonight because neither of us can ever find our way anywhere. So I, I have no GPS. So as I'm cursing the fact that I have no GPS, I'm wondering if I have time to go home and get it again. I go to look at my wrist, realize no watch. I have also forgotten my watch this morning. So now I'm cursing the GPS and I'm cursing the watch. Then a car pulls in front of me, which I nearly hit. I'm grumbling at the car. I get to work. I pull into the parking lot. I get out. I walk up to the back door. And what have I also forgotten today? Yes, I've forgotten my key card. Again? So in one morning, I forgot the GPS, my watch, nearly hit somebody, and forgot my key card. That was all in the space of about 15 minutes today. So so I walked in, and I just, you know, I finally was like, F this, and I went back home. I just took the time to drive back home this morning and get all that stuff, because I was just going to be seething about it all day long anyway. So, anywho, so it was just a, it was, it was kind of a strange morning. Um, let's do some of these phone calls here, because we're running incredibly uh, behind. And uh, then we will uh, take a break. Talk to Lisa Desjardins. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. That's great. Hey, I was calling about Elizabeth Berkeley. Uh-huh. And you will find this somewhat amusing. Uh, I just saw a clip of her on CSI Miami, speaking of wooden performances. Was that uh, Was that recent or was that from some time ago? I believe it was... I believe it was recent. Was she... Uh... Was she demonstrating acting uh, acumen of any of any range? 
No, she's on CSI Miami. <laughs> I guess even if you were a good actress, really, that show isn't the place to show off your skills. Oh, I'd love to see her in David Caruso's interaction. Oh, man. Um, oh, it was great. You it know was, what else she was, was bad really in? Great. She's been bad in any number of things. I mean, it, I'll leave, I believe in Forgive Saved by the Bell because it's a show for like nine-year-olds, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but she was bad in Showgirls. Then she was also bad in Any Given Sunday with Al Pacino. So she was bad in that as well. And in that movie, she's just flat out full-on playing a whore, and she was still bad. I mean, actually... Playing a hooker, she was terrible. So, all right, isn't, excellent. Isn't that her only role? Uh, I, has she done anything? What else has she done since then? I, I actually don't know. Can anybody right now in this room name a film other than any given Sunday or Showgirls that Elizabeth Berkeley's been in? Anybody? I know I've seen her on the Lifetime movie, but I don't remember what it was. Really? Like. Yeah, right. and she was terrible in it too. I think being, she was like, yeah, she was like an evil like girlfriend or was something. Was she being drugged and raped behind a dumpster? Totally. All right. Uh, I guess you know what the good news is, Rick. I have no the idea. Good news? I, I, I don't know at all. She has a movie coming out. Really? It's called Soulmates. It's about two young, passionate, star-crossed singer-songwriters that have been metaphysically dreaming about each other their entire lives, eventually and fatefully meet to finally and fully realize their destiny. That together. sounds fantastic, Sarah. All right. Thank In you, sir. Production. Best show ever. Uh, bye. Thank you. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Ken. I've got three points for you real quick. Yes. One, what the hell is wrong with Richie? What do you mean? Uh, he answers the phone, uh... Uh, I don't know. I think he's got the. I don't know. He's got like a, a hay fever thing or some sort of allergic reaction oh or something God. going on today. He's, he's got. He sounded like he was mixing Mad Dog and Night Train. Oh. Well, that's flashback. also that's also possible. Well, all his of us. Face is hurting him. Yeah, all of us over the last couple of days have had weird uh, allergic reactions to the, the room, the station, tigers, uh, you know, pet spray, you know, whatever's in the air. So it's a yeah, it's a bad a bad scene. Uh, uh, Rick Emerson, listener party eleven. Uh, idea for name and, and poster. Uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, one more than 10, and you do the poster a la Spinal Tap style. That's a great idea. And and you just have a dial that's pointed to 11, and it, you, you just got like Roman numerals 1 through uh, one through 11. So this is like, a, it's like a reference to the Spinal Tap movie. Exactly. Excellent. I like your style, sir. What, uh, what, is, what is your third point, my friend? Uh, well, one was the poster, one was the name of the party. So those but are two separate points. It's a two-step, yeah. Okay. okay. All right, thank you. Best show ever. Thank All you. Right, thank you. I was nice. Behold how I was nice just then. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey. I had two points. Yeah. Uh, one, name for the listening party uh-huh. and the listener party. And uh, nicknames. You know, like people call in, they say like, hi, I'm Batman Jason or whatever. Right. Um, the Batman, or the nicknames, do you, the ones that stick, do you give them out or... Or is that kind of just random? You know, my wife asked me that the other day. We were talking about somebody or other, and some listener who had a nickname, and she asked me if how those came to be and if we were the ones who sort of assigned them. Uh, and I don't really know that that's true. Let's uh, Off the top of our heads, how many listeners do we know that have nicknames that are sort of used? We have Mailman Chris. Now, did we give that name to him, or was he mail- did he give himself that name? Do we know? I think we gave it to him. Because Mailman Brian gave himself that name. I know that Mailman Brian just started referring to himself as that. Um, I are they think both mailmen? They are. I think I think Aaron Geek in the City gave himself that name. Uh, so Aaron Geek in the City Duran christened himself Geek in the City, and we just sort of went along with it. Uh, I think Diana from downtown, she leaps to mind. Is I think she gave herself that one as well. I'm trying to think. I can't really think of it. I think we're different than a lot of shows. We don't have... In that we don't have a lot of listeners who have sort of known nicknames. But I think typically speaking, I think it's a thing that the audience members do when they call up 
so we sort of know who we're talking to or to, to maybe distinguish themselves from somebody else that has the same name. So I think typically it comes from that side of the phone, sir. All right. Well, uh, do you care if I give myself one? Because I, I, I call Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Antimatter Andrew. I was the guy yesterday. Antimatter Andrew. Are you sure uh, that's what you want to go with? Well, I don't know. It's just, you shouldn't that, go with that. I I would, that's pretty bad. I really would recommend taking some personal time, maybe going on a retreat of, of some nature over the weekend, uh, and then really pondering it. Yeah, it's not saying that you well, don't deserve a nickname because you do, but that's doesn't, doesn't that's, really there's also, there's also Platy Andy. That was no, that's, the platypus guy from, like, way back about the uh, attacking the children. I don't know. No, I, I would. Why I would really. Just be Andy? I would just. Yeah. I, we don't have any Andys that really call. You can be Andy. I would just set aside okay. some time for soul searching and try soul to come searching. up with something that doesn't involve platypi. Platypi. All right. All right. All right. Well, Thank you. The second thing. Wait. The really second thing was is the uh, the uh, listener party name. Yeah. As a inspired by a phrase you use often, uh, nothing but white lateness. Nothing but what? White lameness. I'm not going to write that one down. I could lie to you and say, no, 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 that's great. I'll take it under advice. We're not taking it oh. under advisement. Oh, well, thank you for being honest. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. No. A lot of bad ideas. Yeah. Yes. No, that really is true. <laughs> so many bad ideas concentrated in so little airtime. Really? <laughs> really? Honest. And that's just from that one guy. Now thrust it. All right. Back after this. <laughs> Emerson Radio Program. This really is like the opening chapter to the stand, where everybody here is coming down with some weird ailment. We don't see the connection. We can't quite uh, can't quite connect all the dots. So Sarah's filled with mucus again. Uh, I still can't really speak, and half of Richie's face is swollen up like a cantaloupe. So there you go. Richie's face is kind of freaking me out. It is. Try not to look at it. No, I feel bad for him because it's scary. It's, he doesn't know, you know what's Like he just woke up and half of his face is swollen up like mm-hmm. a football. Yeah. You should look away. He's hideous. It's, oh, he uh, doesn't look No, bad. that's, uh, that's, isn't that, what's his name, that Kramer? On uh, that episode of Seinfeld where he gets all, he ends up getting all weirdly tan or, or, uh. Oh, get, yeah, there are a couple of them. Look away, I'm hideous! <laughs> uh, it's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, Steve Castabam, James Roop. Uh, the top five, today's top five, top five songs Richie, uh, would dance to were he an exotic male stripper. Uh. What else? Uh, more details on the Rick Emerson Rose coming up. Uh, all that. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From the Hill, she's got it, but they don't teach it at any school. She's Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Hi. I, I feel it's been, you know, it's been an up and down day, but one of the highlights was when new boss Dan just in the last 10 minutes told me that I'm really knocking him out of the park on my Melrose place. Yeah. Excellent. It's good to know that CNN is so easily manipulated. They, <laughs> I'm going to file that information away for future use. Easily manipulated, and you could—I mean, he—he's got a great sense of humor, so you could tell he was—you know—he he thought it was pretty funny that I—I I was talking about Melrose Place, but he was like, "Hey, I really want to pass this on. You're getting some accolades out there." So Dan really is like the Ron Burgundy of CNN. It's just anything we tell him, he will mindlessly repeat to you. Um, it's possible. We'll <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're going to see if we can test the bounds of that. We won't take advantage of that. Uh, no, that's what I meant to say, of course. We would never take advantage. That would be wrong uh, yeah. of us to do. So, all right, how's life? How are things? It's good. It's good. We've got it's a, all kinds of news stories going on today. We've got the Olympics, Tibet. We've got some housing stuff going on. We've got uh, the Iraqi generals are still up here. 
Lots going on. Well, and, and so yesterday, uh, so I know that they were both Hillary and Obama were, were taking their sort of a moment to shine as they were because uh, General Petraeus was up, kind of kind of giving his his speech and his presentation about everything. And I know that Hillary was sort of trying to do the um, uh, the sort of concerned slash displeased schoolmarm uh, thing when she was speaking, <laughs> where her tone seemed to be. Uh, you know, where she it was sort of the quiet but intense Hillary. Is that a good way to uh, to, yes. to put that? Yes, I think that's right. And then I didn't get to see much of Obama, so I don't know how how he was sort of approaching it because I know his he has been you know he really knows how to hit that gong of the you know I was against this from the beginning and I thought it was a mistake like like way back and so I'm assuming he just sort of continued down that path. Actually, Obama was more I would say probing. He his. His approach was, I'm going to ask some questions that are trying to get to the root of this problem, and I'm going to keep trying to get you to really talk about what what could be success. And his point overall, this is probably more than you than you're trying to get at here, but his point overall was he thinks that General Petraeus and the Bush administration have set things up so that the U.S. can't possibly meet these standards of success, and they've set it up so that the U.S. will have to be. Uh, to make meet those measures of success will have to be in Iraq for decades to come. So he was saying, I don't think your measures of success are reasonable uh, to expect there to be, for example, no one from al-Qaeda in Iraq or for there to be no influence from Iran. He thinks that that's just that's not reasonable. And I, I actually did not see, <clears throat> pardon me, the response to Hillary's question. Hillary had this great question that I, I thought really was pretty good, where she said, essentially, if what's happening now isn't a failure, like, what would have to happen for you to say that things are just going to hell over there? Uh, and what what was his response to that? I didn't actually hear what he said. I'm pulling out my notes. My understanding is when she asked that, I'm not sure that she asked that as a direct question. I think that was a rhetorical question, and I think he might have gotten a pass. Because I don't think General Petraeus was forced to respond to that directly. Let me look at my notes on her testimony. But I, but I know what he said time and time again is is that, in fact, they do have realistic goals, and that in fact, he he thinks that when things get better is when troops should go down, not when things get worse. I know that the uh, the other thing that everybody's talking about a lot is is the housing crisis, which I it's uh, is one of those things where it, it is simultaneously uh, heartening and disheartening to hear that the government's going to try to come to the rescue on this, uh, because that always sort of seems to produce a mixed uh, bag of results. But I know that there is that Congress is is on the job, as they put it, to help homeowners and lenders through the housing crisis. Mm -hmm. But what does that really? I mean, what does that actually mean when Congress says, "No, no, no, we're going to buckle down and we're going to get it. We're all going to get through this together." What is that? Uh, just a lot of rhetorical spin, or is there is there actually something that's going to be happening? There's an enormous fight over that right now between the House and the Senate. The House is moving toward a bill that would essentially help more homeowners, people that are facing foreclosure, and keep more people out of foreclosure. The Senate is moving toward a bill that actually would help after you've lost your home. It would help your community and not people who have lost their home. It would spend $4 billion to buy back foreclosed properties. And, and we've talked about this before, turn them into you know whatever kind of public project you want. That could be uh, low-income housing. It could even be a park. It could be whatever that area wants. But the debate here is who do you help and when, some people say these homeowners should have known what they were doing, and you know, many people, everyone agrees that a lot of these loans were shady and people were misinformed, but no one agrees on how many people didn't know what they were getting into. And there's a big debate over how many people were rolling the dice here and knew that they were rolling the dice. We know people that, probably all of us, that, have, that did that. Uh, so 
The House, however, is siding with the homeowners and saying we need to help out these homeowners more. The Senate is siding with uh, trying to help out the system in a bigger way. And the Senate's being criticized as trying to uh, do more for investors uh, and for the banks, because if you buy back these foreclosed properties, then that money goes to the banks. It's good news for the banks. It, sa- it saves them some losses. And, however, the House is saying, wait a second, th- these guys are getting out scot-free, and they're the ones who are pushing these bad loans to begin with. The banks need to suffer. Well, if the banks suffer too much, then the whole economy suffers. And we could talk about that forever. But there, there's a real debate, and there are real mechanisms they're talking about to help the housing crisis and, uh, boy, don't I feel like a big policy wonk right now. No, 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 it's fine. These are the things that I don't... Does that make sense? No, it, it really does. And that is a testament uh, to your skill as a journalist because <laughs> I'm not that bright. And so the, the other day, I swear to you, we spent about 14 minutes on the show discussing... I can only even now grasp the barest rudiments of this. Matter, antimatter, uh, particle acceleration, and something called a PET scan. And at the end of, of the whole conversation, I really was... It's still not clear what a PET scan was, but there were guys calling up, and you could tell that they were really honestly trying to give it the old college try to really speak down to my level and explain to me what antimatter and particle acceleration chambers really did. And I sort of came away ever so slightly more intelligent. I mean, really, there's only so far I'm going to go with that kind of a thing. But, no, that is so well done on that. Hey, and to back it up, looking at my notes now from that exchange with Hillary Clinton, General Petraeus did answer that question. I was wrong. Apparently it was a direct question, and he did answer. And this is just my log notes. I remember, it was, I think I watched nine hours of these hearings yesterday since – uh, anyway, uh, Petraeus responded saying something to the effect of, uh, I have a number of considerations to look at. It's by areas in order to blah, blah, blah. Just, he gave a lot of generalizations. He really didn't answer that question. Uh, and just and finally, I would just like to say that throughout the entire discussion about the housing crisis, I was desperately looking for an opening to inject the word Hoovervilles. And <laughs> I wasn't really able to do it. I was I was looking for an angle. Shantytown. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hooverville is great though because it just is great. Because a it has you know historical relevance and you know obviously from a very dark period in American history, but also it kind of sounds like a place where like a magical puppet like character would live on some <laughs> children's television program. Exactly. Very Dr. Seuss. I'm Johnny Hoover and welcome to Hooverville. And then they play the opening credits and then they'd sing a little song and then they'd advertise some sort of sweetened breakfast cereal. Other story, real quick, there's more pressure on President Bush to stay away from those opening games in Beijing. And it looks like we now have the BBC and ABC reporting that uh, British Prime Minister Gordon Brown is going to stay away. When asked about this today, the White House Press Secretary Dana Perino, this was just in the last couple of hours, uh, said, uh, his schedule's not out, I can't respond to any of this. <laughs> you know, and, and the fact is, that in the past, he's he's indicated that he was going to go to the Olympic game to the opening ceremonies and and now everyone's sort of tracking down those quotes trying to figure out what exactly did he say is he leaving himself an opening and it, and it, it does seem like maybe the White House is, is going to feel this pressure the house just voted also in the last couple of hours 413 to one uh, to be critical of China and to ask for an end in the crackdown to, uh, an end of the crackdown in Tibet I'll give you a guess as to who was the one vote that did not want to condemn China or did not want to vote for this resolution. I don't know. You know, all the old, the usual suspects for this kind of thing are all either retired or dead. Yeah, I think you might, you might get this one. Oh, God. I, I know just, there's people screaming at their radio right now. I just I just don't know. 413 to 1, to, you know, typically the Las Vegas money's always got to go with Ron Paul. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. And he is your winner. Now, okay, I, now I really do feel dense. He so, is your winner, yep. So, so Ron Paul. there that knew it, 
You were on it. Ron Paul and particle acceleration. I failed twice in <laughs> twice in two days. Excellent. All right. Uh, I will uh, I will let you skedaddle. I know you got things to do. So um, uh, here's where you, I would make a Melrose Place reference. I was actually new gonna, one. I was gonna say, but before you go, would you actually like to take a shot at injecting a Melrose Place fun fact? Oh, geez, I completely missed the. I know Heather Locklear was. Uh, I I I got nothing. That's okay. It's all right. You know, I it's work a, on it. You do get you get a buy there. So okay. okay all right. Enjoy geez. enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Lisa Desjardins, fantastic, wonderful, excellent, genius. Uh, See, I finally did the Melrose Place thing. You did. Happy. Thank you. I wasn't even expecting it. I'd sort of forgotten about it, and then you said it. Uh, all right. It's 503-733-2970. All right. Let's see. Uh, what are we doing here? Um, just take some of these calls. we got Steve Castamem coming up here in a few. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. Hello. I just got back from a uh, trip up to the Godless Canadas. It, for what reason, sir? Uh, the Evil Dead musical. What, Really? Yeah, it's uh, only running in Toronto right now. I didn't uh, even uh, I didn't even know it was there. I thought it was sort of a thing that had existed. I thought it was like that Cannibal the Musical uh, touring company that had done it for a while and it sort of folded. I didn't even know what was going on in Canada. How was it? It was really awesome. I saw it twice. Fantastic, um, wonderful. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna send you a couple pictures of the uh, like the outside of the theater and some general Toronto stuff. Uh, Excellent. So you might want to check your uh, junk folder. Cool. Um, in a minute, but um. I had a uh, listener party name suggestion. Yes, sir. It might just be the fever talking, but uh, I was thinking uh, Rick Emerson's 11-inch party. Okay. That's kind of funny. All right. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe not. Sarah's indicating that maybe it's not as funny as I think it is. It might be your fever, sir. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Uh, let's see. Now, people, see, now I feel like an ass because that guy called up earlier when I think we were still reeling from the, uh, the massive technical glitches at the st start of the show, which impacted my attempted segue from World War Z into Showgirls. Um, so a guy had called up with a pretty interesting question. He had said, because there's nothing we left to talk about more than ourselves, and a guy had called up and he had said, about listeners who have sort of nicknames, do they give themselves the nicknames, or do you guys give listeners nicknames? And I said, well, that I, in my experience, most of the audience members gave themselves nicknames. Uh, and so now I'm getting. You can't give yourself a nickname. Well, but, I, but a lot of them do, though. I think a lot of a lot of. We them... did. I know we gave Aaron. No, I'm pretty sure that we gave like Mailman Chris and Diana from downtown and all those people. I'm, I'm sure we gave them to them. See, and I always figure that a lot of those names are people that they're giving themselves a nickname not because they're like giving themselves a T-bone like nickname, but because there's other people with the same name and they don't want you know they, they want to make it clear which you know which Dan or which Andrew or which Diana is is talking to us. Um, but now I'm getting two types of emails. People who are A, saying that I am wrong, that in fact I gave them the nickname, or B, people who I left off the list earlier when I said, well, and I think that's about it for listeners with nicknames. See Todd the Corpse, mm -hmm. uh, who is just emailing saying, thanks, thanks, I don't feel hurt at all. Thanks, thanks so much. Uh, and uh, uh, let's see, uh, this guy, uh, Gay Bob, has emailed him, Rick, you gave me my, uh, my nickname. I have never before uh, referred to myself as Gay Bob. Just thought you'd like to know. So... And then Aaron is saying that we gave him that nickname. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure because I remember he wasn't Geek in the City when we first met him. But I don't think that's a thing that I ever would have come up with. I think Geek in the City is a weird... He, I, I'm pretty sure that he signed an email that way once and maybe I latched onto it and used it often enough that it became his nickname. And that doesn't seem like a thing that I would have... I don't think I'm that, that, that sort of sharp. Uh, let's see here. Do we have Steve Castamon at some point? We do at 50, so that's like three minutes. Oh, at 50, not 45. 
Oh, I guess we do have him at 45. There ah, there he is. Fantastic. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Uh, let's do one more, uh, and then we'll uh, talk to Steve Castleman. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sir or madam, as the case may be. Hello. Hello. This Hi. is Edward. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Tim. Hi, Rick. Hello. Hi. Hey, uh, I am uh, a craftsman of sorts, and if I were to bring a present to your uh, listener party, I just bring it through the front door, or uh, do I need to go through certain channels? Well, that all depends. Is it likely to catch fire and kill everybody? Uh, no. Uh, does it, is it explosive or covered with sharp, pointy things? Uh, some sharp stuff, but not explosive at all. <laughs> so is this, uh, how big is it? Oh, I'd say it ranges, you, it's adjustable, you can, uh, three to five feet tall, and, I don't know, probably 15 inches around. Three to five feet tall and 15 inches around. Is it made out of wood, sir? Uh, part of it. Part of it is made out of wood. Um... Well, sure. Bring it on in. Just through the front door there. Yeah, what's, uh, what's your name? My name's Edward. Edward? Okay, so, uh, Richie, let's make a note to ourselves that at Listener Party uh, 11, happening May 15th, Thursday, 8 p.m., the Crystal Ballroom, featuring Carl Click as Roastmaster, uh, Edward will be bringing something uh, big and wooden in the front door. Part of it's wooden. Part of it's wooden. But, I mean, so, <laughs> so we should keep an eye out. All right. Uh, it's very noticeable. You'll see it uh, as soon as it comes in through the door. All right. No, no, no. We'll, uh, we'll tell everybody to sort, of, to sort of keep their eyes peeled for We look forward to seeing it, sir. All right. Thank you, Edward. Thanks for the show. Thank you, my friend. All right. There you go. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from, I think, just calling from the airport, uh, Steve Castaman. Hello, sir. Hey, actually, I just came back to the Bureau, uh, so I, I left the airport. Now, were you at the airport because you were en route from Pennsylvania back to the Bureau, or were you there because you're covering this airline thing? Oh, no, I was just covering the airline story. I drove back uh, yesterday. Ah, okay. So yeah. what? So what did, did American Airlines just sort of discover out of the blue that 500 of their planes had bad wiring? <laughs> actually, this was an FAA directive. The uh, American Airlines had already complied with a previous directive to sort of do something to uh, better secure a bundle of wires at a specific point on the MD-80 aircraft. They had already complied with this earlier order. Then the FAA yesterday went to American Airlines and said, uh, hey, we want you to reinspect all of those airplanes now. So you really have the FAA to blame for this one. Well, okay, that's good, because I'm tired of blame. It wears me out to blame everything on the airlines all the time, which I do repeatedly. And so how many people are being screwed by this? Oh, thousands. There are, <laughs> there are, that's the reaction I was when I set that up like a T-ball. Uh, that's what I was hoping you would hit. Well done. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Uh, 850 flights canceled today on top of yesterday's 500, and they're not even done yet. They say this will last into tomorrow now. How do you like that? Thousands. Uh, and so is this one of those things, though, where the, the, air, the airport's going to go, you know, the, air, the airline will say, like, uh, well, look, here's your regular flight, and uh, here's 300 anytime miles. Have fun. Yeah, well, basically, they, they put up a lot of people in hotels last night, although some, for some reason, stayed in the airports. I'm not sure why, because this one, they apparently were putting people up in hotels who, who they couldn't get on to other flights uh, yesterday and today. Uh, you know, they're dealing with their partner airlines to see what they can do. But, uh, boy, what what a mess, you know. It's really not, not a great time to be an American Airlines passenger. Uh, but I guess uh, this is what happens when, you, when you're dealing with uh, an older plane like the MD-80, not one of the, you know, newer, shining planes of, of uh, the fleet. Uh, 737s are usually what a lot of the 
airlines are going with these days for the for the domestic. You know, uh, here's flight. the thing: whenever when something like this happens, or when they have to, um, uh, you know, sometimes I've been on a plane one time. I was on a plane once, and we're all sitting there and getting ready to take off. And the I don't remember where I was going. At the last moment, uh, the guy comes on and he says. You know, he does that, the, the, the cabin, you know, the, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we discovered we have a little bit of a problem with our hydraulic fuel, a little bit of a low pressure situation inside some of the, uh, some of the tubing. And, uh, so what you're going to do, we're just going to, uh, get everybody up playing right now. We, we got another one across the tarmac, all warmed up, ready to go. Uh, Janice and Denise, uh, will take care of any of your questions. We'll, we'll see you on the other plane, which is in tip top shape. All right, thanks. And it's like, I would prefer just not to know. Just tell me that it's a problem with the toilet or something. You know what I mean? Or just tell me that you don't like the color of upholstery in this plane. I don't want to know that the plane has had some sort of horrific technical failure. They actually had another plane ready to go? I don't, well, ready to go is a little bit of a – that was a little bit of a uh, trying to keep us from getting all uh, pissed off. Because what right. they did is they, they had another plane ready to go in about 40 minutes. And so when the guy, the guy basically just said that, and then we sat there for a while – uh, well, they got some other plane that I guess had been... And now that I think about it, that's kind of creepy, too, actually. That I guess they were just pulling some plane out of mothballs somewhere back in a hangar. Yeah, actually... You know how lucky you are? That's so rare. Usually they make you sit on the plane for a couple of hours. Then they, they say, oh, the mechanics are taking a little bit longer to fix the problem than we anticipated. So we're going to go back to the gate now and uh, wait another couple of hours. You know, now that I think about it, I'm kind of freaked out about that in retrospect. Because I, where the hell did that other plane even come from? Yeah. You're right. really lucky, though, that you were able to take off. I had a situation once where we were landing, and Kennedy Airport is right on, on Jamaica Bay, which uh -huh. uh, during certain weather conditions tends to get really fogged in. And so we're flying in, and we're supposed to land at Kennedy, and the uh, pilot comes on and says, uh, we're going to divert to a LaGuardia Airport. They have a very heavy fog condition at Kennedy, and uh, they're uh, they're doing, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, a systems, uh, when, when the, uh, oh, instrumental land. Landings uh, only at uh, Kennedy oh. right now, and, and and wait a minute, our beacon reader or whatever they call it uh, isn't working properly, so we're going to switch over to LaGuardia. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I would just just keep it from me. You know what I mean? It's like if you it's like if you go out of town for the weekend and your wife does a whole hockey team or something while you're gone. Just don't. <laughs> You know, I don't want to know. You just keep, you know what, just keep it to yourself. I'll put, I, I would prefer to go to my grave in ignorance of that fact. Yeah, so. please don't tell me the apparatus that you guys actually use to home in on the runway isn't working. <laughs> it's showing a sea level as uh, incorrectly 300 feet higher than it really is. So, um, <laughs> right. All right, my friend, enjoy the rest of your day. We will talk to you very soon. Thank you. All right, there we go. You know what I didn't do today? You know, I was saying how we all feel kind of weird today. Uh -huh. You know what I forgot to do? What did I say that I was going to do every day this week at 9 a.m.? Bike ride? Take clarity. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No, Miss Thang. Uh, no, I... Uh, I'm going to try some of your Claritin again. I don't feel like this is a cold. I yeah, feel like right. well, And like yesterday, I did that thing where I, you know what? I ought to take that at 10 a.m. before the show starts. Because on Monday, I think it was Monday, I'd taken the Claritin at like noon, uh, which I guess it is now again. And so right by around 2.30, I was feeling fine. Uh, and so yesterday I took it at 9 a.m. and so I was rolling right out of the gate. I forgot to take it today. And so in addition, so Richie's all puffed up. Uh, you're all uh, filled with goo. I am. Uh, Ew, I got that. the fuzzy-headed uh, thing going on, and my tongue still doesn't work properly. So I'm gonna go try to remedy that with good old-fashioned American chemicals during the break. Let's do one call here, and then we'll uh, we'll take a break here. Let's see here. Um, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick Emerson. Hello. It's Dante the cab driver. Now, did you give yourself that name, or did we give that to you? Well, 
Um, that sounds like a self-inflicted name. That sounds that, like a name that, you gave actually, yourself. Actually, that is self-inflicted. But uh, the original, the original nickname that I, I previously had, you gave me, and I couldn't use anymore. All right, fair enough. So, um, I have a movie that you have to Google okay. right now. Yes. The name of the movie is Never Been Thawed. Never Been Thawed, as in freezer thawed. Yes, and it's about people that collect frozen TV dinners as collectors' items. Uh huh. And. There's also a uh, Christian rock band in the movie called The Christers. Can I, can I rent this movie? Because here's the thing. It's going to be the biggest tease if I Google this film and then it turns out I can't actually watch it anywhere. You can buy it on Amazon. They've got them all over the place on Amazon, but I'm begging you to please go to this site. All right. And check out the, uh, the um, advertising stuff from the No Choice Cafe. All right. I will do, sir. I'll do it during the break. Okay, it'll be worth your time, I promise. All right, thank you. All right, Edgar, and then wait. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. And finally, Aaron clarifies. He said, I didn't give my, uh, he says, I didn't give me my, this is how it's written. I didn't, I didn't give me my nickname, Purse. I think he means per se. He said, it came from when I worked in the city of Portland. I used to sign my angry pop culture emails with Aaron Geek working for the city. He said, then it was inadvertently truncated one day, I guess is basically the story. And so it somehow became Aaron Geek in the City through a mistranslation. All right, so it's like a Dan Cooper, D.B. Cooper kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. All right, fair enough. Let's break. It's 503-733-2970. Drugs, here I come. Back after this, Tim Riley, have ye news stories for us? Lots and lots. Fantastic. Later on, James Roop, top five, Mr. Skinnamore said it's the Rick Emerson radio program. The Rick Emerson radio program. All right, taking Claritin. The Claritin uh, combined with the uh, massive amount of caffeine I ingest. And maybe, you know, then I'll just take some more of those mucus pills you gave me yesterday. I have them in my purse. Yeah. I don't know if they made things better or worse. Maybe I'll take <laughs> more today. Let's just mix all of our medication. <laughs> we'll just put it in a big bowl in the center of the room. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Still to come, uh, more of your phone calls. Uh, top five today, uh, James Roop, Mr. Skin, and uh, so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. To all the American Airlines flights, FPDX are canceled, so people are stranded. Over 100,000 nationwide. Jesus. So, uh, naturally, uh, the angriest of people are to be found in uh, New York City at LaGuardia Airport. Oops, it won't work. Let me try this again. Yes, naturally, the angriest of people are to be found in New York at LaGuardia Airport. And they don't give you any information and just, you know, stand in line. I wish they'd tell me. If they tell me that they're not going to go any place to Chicago today, you know, I can go, to, I'd go back home. Yes, people are mad. We're trying to get another flight. The next available down to Fort Worth, so we have, we're waiting online still. So, yeah, this is bad. They ruined Beverly Gordon's wedding. They canceled our flight last night. My husband was on the phone all night trying to get other transportation. Oh, that's not going to work. 
Why do you even try? Really, honestly, yeah. if you're one of those people, just save yourself the dialing and the stress and the pain and the, the irritation. The, not, there's not going to be a hotel room. There will be no other transportation. You're not going to get on another flight. Maybe it's a sign. Unless, yeah, unless your last name is Gates or Buffett, uh, you're not going to be flying anywhere. So, But every time something like this happens, I've only been in this situation maybe once or maybe twice where you look up and you start to see that, you know, canceled, canceled, canceled because of some snowstorm. It happened in Salt Lake every now and again because it's getting some ice out or something or white out or whatever it's called. The planes couldn't see. And then you immediately, and fortunately, though, in Salt Lake, if that happened, you know, I lived there, so I just go back home. But, I mean, you start to picture Jack Lemmon and, uh, you know, and Mary Tyler Moore and the out-of-towners. Yeah. Where you're just sitting sleeping inside one of those one of those rental lockers at the airport, breaking your tooth on an orange. So, I mean, it's just uh, it's a bad scene. It's a waste of time to try. They knew this was happening with the airplane. So why do we, the common folk, have to suffer? Did she, really, common. did she really just refer to herself as the common folk? They knew this was happening with the airplane. You can't do that. So why do we, the common folk, have to suffer? As we've determined earlier in the program, you can apparently give yourself a nickname. You cannot, however, refer to yourself in all sincerity as the common folk. That does not work. Quit doing that. Miss Common Folk can't get back to Florida. It is a hassle, and we were supposed to be home last night, and I've got people back at my place where I work in Florida waiting. You know, they're expecting me back. Whatever. We've all got problems. So this is about the plane known as the MD-80, and here's part of the problem. Uh, this all goes back to uh, Captain Sam, who was flying on a plane. Uh, he was flying a plane. His windshield started to cover with ice, and then... They were running an emergency procedure. Here at a loud pop, everybody's ears blew up. <laughs> they realized that they lost pressurization in the MD-80. Within minutes, uh, the pilot managed to bring the airport safely back to the airport. But when the inspector took a look outside, he said, the MD-80 looks like a popsicle. Apparently, malfunctioning nose gear disabled the plane's anti-icing system. Oh, that's good. And the plane was frozen solid outside. That's got to be a special kind of terror. When it said that it lost pressure... I wonder if that was just in the cockpit mm. or if that was, like, throughout the whole plane and the little, like, you know, the, the little ma the mask things uh, dropped out of the... Have, has anybody here ever been in a plane where the mask dropped out? No, I have not. Sarah? No, I don't think so. I was thinking maybe I did, but... I've no. never been... I've always kind of... Like, you don't want to, obviously, but... Uh, like, I don't want to be in a plane and go through the circumstance where that happens, but at the same time, I kind of want to be able to tell the story somehow. Like, I sort of wish that I could see it happen once just so I could go, yeah, I was in a plane one time when all those oxygen masks fell out of the... Because you know that the, and that the, the oxygen is supposedly supposedly there to calm you. But, of course, nothing could be less calming than when you're in the plane and suddenly, like, bam! And there's a loud noise and all these dangly plastic masks fall right in front of your face. And then, of course, what will we all do? At wait, that for, moment, wait for the nun to sing a folk song. <laughs> I've, I've seen the children on the bank of the Jordan... Uh, the, uh, but what will all, what will all people on planes do when that moment comes? When the, the you know, you, you hear the sound and then William Shatner's firing a gun at the gremlin on the wing of the plane and then the masks fall out immediately. This is one of those things where I can play it ahead in my brain and see how things will turn out. We, we will all at that moment curse ourselves and go, damn it, I should have listened to what she was telling me about the safety instructions. Now I'm going to die. <laughs> we will all regret not listening to the stewardess. So apparently the latest thing happened when uh, the landing gear on an American Airlines flight would not retract after the plane took off. <laughs> Sarah, you're flying when? I don't. You guys are mean. <laughs> flying on Friday. We are just relaying information, Sarah. Would you prefer to be ignorant of what's going on yes. in the world around you? Oh, well, yeah. sorry. Too late. 
Uh, let's see here. So uh, they're working on it. Okay, let me ask you this. Since we're talking about it, since Sarah is flying on Friday, uh, it's, it, we should address safety issues. I mean, that really is we important. Should. So, A, um, those oxygen masks are just going to terrify people. B, no one uh, will stop to assist the passengers around them with oxygen masks. That's the other thing they say. You know, if you were sitting in a, if you were sitting in seats next to, you'll be too busy screaming. Yes, <laughs> you'll be too busy crossing yourself and repeatedly saying the twenty-third psalm out loud. Um, the uh, so I'll just be chugging all my mini bottles of vodka. <laughs> um, so yes, you will be too busy shrieking and plummeting Kim, towards your doom. You have a story about how they're banning vodka. No. Because then somebody tried to smuggle some explosive. Some guy tried to say, well, some guy speculated that they were going to ban vodka because a guy tried to smuggle like lighter fluid. Hasn't happened yet in a uh, in a vodka bottle. But as Sarah points out, those won't help because you'll be too busy screaming and flailing your arms around. Also, this does anybody know what you're really supposed to do if you're sitting in a safety row? Open the door. Is that assist but, others? Are you see that? But it's like a multiple choice thing. This is like where I'm in front of the classroom and I say, "Does anybody know what you're supposed to do if you're sitting on the safety rope?" And everybody raises uh, their hand. Um, I think you're supposed to push the lady in the wheelchair off first. You're supposed to. You're supposed to throw the retarded right out the door because they can't walk. Uh, I, because here's the thing. Coming back from Vegas with Jen and Aaron and Lara a couple weeks ago, I sat in the safety row because it was the only way I could get a window seat, uh, and I really like the window A. It being because I like to, you know, to see the sights and so forth, especially going into or coming out of Las Vegas, and also because I can't sleep in the other seats. If I'm in the middle of the aisle, I can never fall asleep. Uh, but in the window seat, you know, you lean against the window and you whatever. So the woman's like, "Well, you're you're in the middle, and you know, you're always in the middle between like a gassy old person and a screaming baby." And so I just said, "Look, what can I do to get a window seat? Like, do you need to grease your palm or something? What 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 has to happen?" And she said, "Well, you can sit in the window if you're willing to sit in the safety seat." And I said, get sold, done, fine, whatever you want. And then she rattled off, just like the stewardess who rattles off the long list of safety procedures we don't listen to, the woman who gave me the window seat goes, she gives me, I think in retrospect, she must have asked me seven or eight questions. Like, are you willing to blank, 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 blank? Are you able to blank, blank? And I was just mindless. Sure, yes, yes absolutely, yes, wonderful. Yes. yes, and I packed all my own luggage and had it handcuffed to myself. Yes. Uh, and so I sat there in the safety seat. The plane takes off. And at one point, we hit, like, you know, a little turbulence, a little bumpiness. And that's, of course, when you start thinking in your head, like, well, this is how it begins. Little bumpiness. You know, next thing you know, you know, we're all confessing to, uh, to stealing from the band when nobody's looking. Um, and I started to think, like, I have no idea what to do while I'm sitting in that safety aisle. And then you start to look and at the big... And they always ask you if you're equipped to, like, uh, do you feel comfortable being in the safety aisle? Yeah, like, but, I mean, what does uh... that even mean? Equipped? Sure, fine, whatever. And then you just... And then you look at the big red handle on that door... And then you start to feel like that overwhelming urge to pull the handle while you're in the air just to see what it would do. The jolly candy like handle. I get handle. that, too. Totally. You cheerfully assist people when your hair is in flames. <laughs> Seriously. As my, as, as, my, as, as my carotid artery is spraying blood around the cabin and one of my, leg, one of my legs is, is on fire, I'm just, no, 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 let me help you first. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's Tim Riley. <laughs> Anybody remember uh, John Ashcroft way back when? He used to be the attorney general. Oh, he was the evil one. The evil one used to sing the crazy songs about eagles flying and stuff yeah. like that. Well, he was speaking to students <laughs> at Skidmore College in New York, and he uh, confused the name of Obama with guess who? Oh. All I'm saying about the Patriot Act is that the elected representatives of this country, including Osama, uh, you know, not, not uh, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> 
He sounds different now. He sounds angry, like he's a little unhinged. He apologizes. I did not mean to. I'm sorry about that. I apologize publicly to him. Okay. Mm. Thanks so much. Remember when he was People all are just jerks. He was all calm and and, and tightly wound. Sounds yes. like he's gone a little nutty at this point. Uh, let's see. Line three was on a plane when it lost pressure. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I, I I wasn't on the airplane without the pressure, but I got another good story. Well, okay. What is, is this? An airplane story? Yes. Go ahead. I have a uh, buddy. I'm I'm a pilot, and uh, also have a friend uh, who is a pilot, and he was flying for some pretty low rent septic tank uh, airline down <laughs> in Florida. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he uh, he had just gotten on with this carrier, and he it was a heavy jet, something bigger than what he had flown before, and. Uh, he landed it so hard on one of his first trips. He landed it so hard, all the drop-down oxygen masks came out. That's wonderful. And this was just from the impact of the plane hitting the tarmac? Yes. Oh, that's great. Did everybody scream? So he, felt, he felt just great about that. Yeah. Was, was it like a thing he could sort of check off on his stuff I've done as a pilot list? Yeah. Made yeah, all oxygen, made passengers wet themselves. Right. That was part of the prerequisites to uh, continue flying for them. Yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. See you. Uh, Rick, what to do if you're in the safety aisle? You thank God because you're the first one out the door <laughs> and the first one fleeing the burning wreckage. <laughs> That's totally true. I'm the first one I'm the first one who can run for a payphone to call CNN. Um, this guy says, uh, I'm sorry, well, Sandy, I'm assuming, well, maybe it's a, maybe it's a woman. Uh, Sandy in St. Louis, uh, who says, love the live stream. I have never heard your show live before. Awesome. Uh, says Sandy in St. Louis says, in the Outer Towners, it's Jack Lemon and Sandy Dennis. That's not right. It's Jack Lemon and Mary Tyler Moore, isn't it? I think so. Sandy in St. Louis, I'm afraid uh, I'm afraid you're crazy. Uh, maybe your friends and the loved ones are uh, they're reluctant to tell you this, but you're mental. I'm pretty sure I would I would bet my bottom dollar that it's Jack Lemon and Mary Tyler Moore in the original Out of Towners, which is a, a classic film. Really, I think badly redone a couple of years ago by Steve Martin and somebody or other. Um, but it, it really is a, it really is a fantastic film. I'll take a phone call while you look it up, Tim. All right. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hello, you. Uh, that, last, that last guy took my story about the the things falling out of the uh, ceiling on the airplane. But well, I do. Were you to... on a plane when it happened? Yeah, I was on. We were on a plane going from uh, Phoenix to Tucson, and uh, I won't say the, the flight company, but uh, as soon as it landed, the thing just popped right out, and everybody looked at each other going, what the hell? Now, did it? was it just one, or was it throughout the plane that they fell down? It was about four or five of them. Yeah. See, that's... I mean, is it, and just for a moment, did you forget that you'd actually already landed? Yeah, of course we did. The they whole, fall down. You're oh, like, oh, I'm going to plummet! You know, and then you, and then you look out, and you realize you've landed, but it's... But you do forget that for a second, I would imagine. Yeah, well, Rick, the whole plane, the whole plane trip, I was checking out the window to see if there was actually engines on the wing. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Bye. Oh, the, the color was right. It was Sandy Dennis. Really? Yes. Well, I stand corrected, Sandy in St. Louis. That's probably Take why. Back everything you... No, 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 but that's because Sandy and Sandy, that's probably why the person remembered. So, okay, oh. well done. The weird thing is, I'm picturing scenes from that movie in my head, and in my head, there's some Skywalker Ranch CGI thing that's been done where they where it is, I'm like I'm imagining scenes and I'm looking at it in the little little picture show in my mind, and it's Jack Lemmon and Mary Tyler Moore. So what's weird is that over time, I was I a forgot it was Andy Dennis, b decided it was Mary Tyler Moore, and the digital archivist in my brain went through and modified all of my memories to put Mary Tyler Moore's face there. That's kind of weird, actually. Here's a weird thing. 
And I know this sounds like a thing you come up with when you're stoned, but... You sound a little stoned. I did just take a whole bunch of Claritin and a whole bunch of caffeine. Would you like some mucus pills? Also, I think I took double my dose of Trazodone last night by mistake, and Sarah's going to give me some mucus pills later. So it's a great day. Um, Did you ever think about this, how weird it is that you can visualize in your head something that you know definitively you have never seen? Uh Uh-huh. That's kind of messed up when you think about it. Yep. See, Tim finds it interesting. Sarah, you're mocking, but Tim finds that to be an, a compelling idea. Nice. Is Tim being polite? Is this Tim no, being polite I, like I when, a, when, a, when a special tri- child tries to finger paint? All right. Well, I'm just saying. Never mind. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to share any more of my cool stone no, talk with you. <laughs> that's true. Right? Whatever. You shut up. Here's Tim Riley. Magical. Uh-huh. Now, let's see here. 20 people have been killed in Baghdad's slum. Your mom's magical. What? <laughs> 20 people have been killed in Baghdad's slum. Isn't Baghdad one big that, slum? Sent more email written by Aaron today. Yes, so. <laughs> they are trying to prevent the unrest. This is the fifth anniversary of the fall of Baghdad. I guess killing everybody is a good way to make sure that it's calm in the future. I suppose so. It's amazing there are any people left. That, I mean, I, I would have really. I would have thought. Why this, would you still be there? Why, what, who, how what are you we, waiting? What, what are you waiting to happen? <laughs> what, what do you expect to improve? How are we finding new places and people to bomb all the time? I really don't understand. I yeah. I thought, I mean, they must be having children at a phenomenal rate over there for us to still have new targets. Well, that's true because they can't go outside. Uh, all right. Well, I suppose, I suppose that's true as well. Jesus. I, I would just, wouldn't you love it for once if the floor of the hospital is covered with the blood of children? That's what it says. Well, there you go. I'm, it's truthful news. I'm going to make that my MySpace quote today. Uh, President Bush is due to give a speech on Iraq Thursday. What is the speech going to consider? Really? Seriously, Jesus. Can we just call it a day already? Can we please just... I think it's time to uh, to just kind of pull the ripcord on that. And I think it's time for everybody uh, just to turn on the television. And we're going to have one big press conference. And all of the other countries are going to have a big meeting. We're going to say, the Middle East is effed, has always been effed. We'll never not be effed. Why do we have peace talks? There's no one interested in peace. I really don't. I really don't know the answer, especially people who live in the Middle East. There doesn't really seem to be any desire for peace there. Right. So, as I think, as the late great Sam Kinison once said about some of the starving, uh, you know, the regions of the world, what we're going to do is we're going to have one week where we send nothing but U-Hauls to anybody who wants one. And then we will stick you in a place that nobody's using, like Wyoming. Oh, here is a positive statement. I like this new government because we have a lot of curfews. Who is saying that? A happy Baghdadian? A happy Baghdadian. All right. I think so in the meantime, all these uh, generals in Washington lying. and I think it's time to start building some walls to keep people in. Just one big wall around the entire Middle East. You know what I mean? Just wall it off. Go all it off. Give, every, give them like a year notice and then just put one big wall around that uh, with one of those like steel mesh things at the top, like an American gladiators. And then just, you know, just, just let them have at it. God almighty. Uh, many Iraqis, uh, speaking of the anniversary today, saying, uh, our country consists of blood, bombs, curfews, and infighting. So things are improving there. All right. Well, that's great. I'm glad that we're going to stay indefinitely. That's wonderful. Yeah. Because there's such a big prize in the end. Here's, uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, John McCain caused quite a stir when he uh, made a pit stop at the Veterans for Freedom rally yesterday before attending a Senate hearing on Iraq. This time around, it wasn't what the Arizona senator said, but the manner in which he was introduced to the crowd. Let's find out what that was. You can have your Tiger Woods. We've got Senator McCain. Wait, who is saying that? Some guy. To whom? What does that mean? I don't know. In what ways is... Please now to explain in what ways John McCain is like Tiger Woods. That's all he said. Should we go back and listen again? Yes. 
You can have your Tiger Woods. We've got Senator McCain. Who has Tiger Woods? We don't know. Uh, let's see. Who are, who, who's Tiger Woods in this equation? Or well, Tiger, it says Woods, here, Tiger Woods? Senator McCain then embraced the man who just introduced him without commenting on what some say smacked of a racially insensitive remark aimed at Barack Obama. I don't know what that means. Oh, I never even put that together until yeah. just now. So wait, so, so this I'll was... play it again and you can take it in that context. So wait, so where was this happening? In uh, Washington, D.C. But I mean, was it like a, some like a fundraising thing? Or... It, it must was, have been. Uh, it was uh, Veterans for Freedom Rally. As opposed to veterans for enslavement. I guess so. Uh-huh. All right. I'm veterans for pointing, uh, but, you know, this sounds like some cia printed thing. Pokey sticks on kittens. Uh, all right. So the, the guy says, what? So this is uh, 100 or so veterans gathered outside the Capitol. Uh-huh. We will never surrender to extremists. You can have your Tiger Woods. We've got Senator McCain. So that must be a Barack Obama reference. I actually didn't even put that together because, you know, so. doesn't make any goddamn sense. So, all right. Well, theirs is the party of inclusion, Tim. It is. Uh, Rick, this email says, the only two things I remember about the oxygen mask that fall from the plane ceiling is that, one, they instruct you to put your own mask on before you put it on your children, which really is the opposite of save the women and kids first. It really is the equivalent of saying save yourselves and others if possible. And two, although the bag may not inflate, the oxygen is flowing. So there's really no way of actually knowing the whole system is working. Uh and then he says, as far as uh, listening to the stewardesses when they go through the pre-flight skit, I always make sure to overly pay attention because I feel bad that no one ever listens to them and I want them to feel valued for some reason. But really, at this point, who doesn't know how to work a seatbelt? That's a fair point, too. And those seatbelts are like out of the 1960s. I really would there, the... there were no such thing as... A, there's no seatbelt anywhere else like a seatbelt. It's like a seatbelt right off a Corvair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have to be told that, how to buckle a that the bigger end can't go into the smaller end... You shouldn't be allowed to use airplanes. You should be living in an adobe hut somewhere, uh, churning butter. Really. I mean, it doesn't really seem... Uh, that is kind of the one thing that does make me a little uneasy about them uh, letting cell phones and electronics on the plane, that there are presumably all kinds of passengers who cannot figure out seatbelt technology that was perfected half a century ago. Right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, uh, first offense or otherwise, Louisiana Senator Nick Gato won Judiciary Committee approval yesterday. Of legislation that would give the judge the option of ordering chemical castration for men convicted of sex crimes. Uh, the, uh, the lawman says it is clear why he's pressing for castration. We're going to put these people away to where they can't molest anybody else. That's Louisiana. Okay. Uh, workers for some of the uh, TV top reality shows have filed claims with the California Division of Labor Standards alleging producers owe them overtime wages. Justin Buckles says he was a production assistant and coordinator for American Idol. Does Justin Buckles take you off to a happy land where there's marshmallow trees and tangerine streams? We'll have to ask him. Hi, kids. I'm Justin Buckles. He claimed when he mentioned the possibility of a raise, he was threatened with losing his job and blacklisted from all other shows. This is how they take advantage of people working on reality television shows. When you're working one job all the time and making just enough money to make ends meet, it's scary that you might lose your job even when you know they're taking advantage. I am reading talking points handed to me by somebody else. I don't know what I'm saying. Speaking of uh, reality shows, I mentioned this the other day. Has anybody seen the, the TV ads for the new season of uh, Family Jewels, the Gene Simmons thing? Oh. It's pretty great, actually. Is it the actually. one with the, um, the lie detector? No. Well, I know that he's doing that at one point. Okay. Because he has this oft-touted claim that he's, uh, that he's banged 4,800 women. And so I think it, maybe it's already started. The thing is, I actually don't watch the show, and I feel like a bad Kiss fan for that. But what are you going to do? Uh, I just can't. I just can't watch most reality shows. It's just after about twelve minutes, it just gives me hives. So, um, 
But I guess one of the things this season is they're going to give him the reality or the uh, the lie detector test to see if he's actually had sex with five thousand women. But the great the spot for it is fantastic. Um, they played it when uh, Laura and I went to see Twenty One. They played this in the theater, and it's Gene Simmons, and I guess he's he's walking down the street somehow. It's not clear from where he's walking, but he's walking down the street like a suburban street to his home. But as he's walking down the street, he passes all of these women, all different kinds of women, uh, you know, uh, teachers, nurses, cops. Uh, he passes a woman who's like 65 years of age, and but above them, floating in the air above their heads, is a number. So, like, he passes a cop, and it's a, it's a female cop who turns and smiles, and it says, like, 3,521. And then he passes a teacher, and it says, like, 4,059. And then at one point, he passes this old woman. She must be 70. And it says, like, you know, 55. So it's so it, he passes just dozens of women on the way home, uh, and they've all got the numbers floating above their head. It, actually, it really is actually pretty good. So I, if I'm going to watch it, it, it will be that's, – that's fantastic advertising, because if I watch it, it will be because of that spot. Um, all right, here's what we got. We got another airline story, something about a party name. Somebody who, it says, suggest Sarah's comment, and then uh, a cabin pressure loft story. Let's do, uh, well, let's do this one. Let's then. do a cluster of airline stories. Higher, this whole show is a cluster. Tim, higher on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey, first and foremost, that gift that guy is uh, making for you and bringing to the uh, listener party sounds a lot like a Trojan horse, so be careful with that. Okay. Uh, uh, second of all, uh, party nine. Uh, Am party I the only nine. one that thinks that there ought to be a, some sort of a... a a reason to use the phrase Trojan whores? Yes. Anyways, uh, party name. Uh, I, I emailed it to you yesterday, and uh, the more I think about it, the more I like it, so I thought it was at least worthy of calling it in. Uh, now, hold on a second. Hold on. Before, now, before you say this, you emailed it, and then after 24 hours of consideration, you are still so taken with it that you felt like you wanted to call up and really say it on the air. And I'm saying that I admire your confidence. That really is a, that's a lot of gusto oh, you're, you're presenting this with. Now, how confident in this do you feel? Um, very good. After after probably like four or five years and suggesting a name every year, I kind of really like this one. On a so scale of one to ten, how confident are you that we will like this name? Um, nine. Really? Nine? Yeah. You'll, you'll at least like it. Okay. You may not use it, but you'll like it. All right. What do we get to do if we don't like it? Um, absolutely nothing. <laughs> so really there's, no, really, there's no motivation for us <laughs> at all. All okay, right. What, what, is, is what is the name, sir? Okay, well, first, uh, uh, visual context. Uh, imagine that classic painting of the Last alone, Supper sir. with so Jesus and the Twelve Apostles and, of course, Judas off to the side. The Last Supper. The Last Supper. Yes, that's what that's called. Yes. Okay. Um, I remember this from uh, Listener Party 12 minus 1, Falling from Grace. And, of course, you would have uh, Tim Riley as the Jesus figure because he's a god. And then you have all the rest of the apostles or the people from the show or the people that will be doing the, the burning. And, of course, that image of Judas um, would, of course, be you. Um, and uh, bring in that whole, that whole mention of being burned, essentially. And it also ties into your whole uh, in dropping out of the, the Catholic uh, religion and your past and all that. It, all, it ties a lot of stuff in all at once. All right, that's my cue. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, let's take a break, shall we? Yes, to regain some of that momentum we used to have. Mm -hmm. 
2970. Honestly, truthfully, who listened to that guy all the way through? I need an oxygen mask to drop right now. <laughs> I was busy looking for the cricket sound. Me too. Well. <laughs> I 15 seconds and I thought, well, this is going nowhere. I'm going to spend the rest of this call looking for sound effects. All right, back after this is the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh oh. We need a breaking news sounder. Kind of. All right, hold on a second. Now here's the thing. Uh, again, I'm not blaming the IT department for this, um, but uh, regrettably, about half of the sounders I use on a regular basis uh, are now gone. Because they had to wipe my computer, um, and I'm, it was my fault. I'm accepting full blame for this. Uh, but some of these sound effects, like the CBS breaking news sounder, that I forgot to back up. So I have to, I have to go refine that stuff all over again. Um, what do we have for, is this a downer story, Tim? Well, depending on who you are in this room. Oh, no. Uh, well, that's, well, that's, I guess that's fine. Alaska Airlines has joined American Airlines in canceling flights at PDX. Four flights today are canceled. They include Las Vegas, San Francisco, San Diego, and San Jose. But that's just today. That's today. He's not flying today or right. even tomorrow. Right. That's just today. Flying Friday. Those traveling on Alaska today. Uh, the same wiring. Yeah. So uh, American Airlines canceled uh, 500 flights. Actually, they canceled a lot more than that. So, Alaska Airlines also canceling. They started the inspections on Tuesday. So, that was yesterday. So, once again, Alaska Airlines joins American Airlines in canceling flights at PDX today. You know, there are more hazardous ways of traveling. For instance, a 42-year-old woman was killed after plunging 30 feet into a ravine while learning to drive. <laughs> Place in San Diego said the woman was practicing her driving in the parking lot at the top of a cliff when she lost control of her car. What, is she dead? Uh, let's see. Yes. <laughs> You're the, the one funny, laughing. No, the funny thing is if she had just been maimed. No, she's dead. <laughs> no, she, she plunged up a cliff. She's dead a long time. She and, was learning to drive. Uh, that really, I won't, I won't make us play the theme, but that really ought to be a Darwin watch. Learning to drive on the edge. Where shall I, where shall I pick for my driving lesson? How about the edge of, of a cliff? <laughs> Why would you do that? Lesson number one. <laughs> what does this R mean on the show? <laughs> no, just mash the accelerator, Dolores. <laughs> Was she alone in the car? Her daughter was there. She uh, survived. So the daughter was... I'm not... Uh, okay, let me be very clear. I'm not implying anything. I'm assuming that the story as written and relayed to me is accurate and complete. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is... Doesn't that sound a little strange to you? Daughter teaching mom to drive uh, at, the edge, at the edge of a cliff. And then the daughter makes... Uh, isn't in the car. Let's put it that way. The daughter has mom doing this by herself in the car yeah. at the edge of a cliff while the daughter is making sure she's not in the car. It's just an interesting story. That's all. Well, it's probably because there wasn't that much traffic at that location. <laughs> well, I would, I would think not, Tim. How many cars can be in that ravine? So, all right. Well, there you go. So don't learn to drive that way. All right. Well, excellent. So let's go to the Middle East where there are some peaceful people engaged in uh, pleasant pursuits. Dubai's crown prince, who's paid $2.7 million for a camel, 
during a desert festival celebrating the uh, traditions of the desert in Abu Dhabi. The festival included a camel beauty contest where thousands of voters strutted their camels and the bid for the top prize. Uh, among those, uh, let's see, the camels are inspected for best neck, head, lips, nose, hump, legs, and feet. I want to win the best hump. Well, somebody won it. Uh, more than 17,000 camels uh, originating from the oil-rich Gulf countries, the Everts, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Qatar, and Bahrain. They were all registered for the beauty contest, which gave out millions of dollars in prize money and more than 100 four-wheeled vehicles and pickup trucks. Uh, they're trying to preserve their way of life in the desert by a, having the camel contest. A, I'm not going to make the obvious joke. B, I'm also not going to make fun of this because, really, we just had, like, three weeks ago, Steve Kastenbaum in New York City where people were putting up their dogs in hotel rooms mm -hmm. before running them around on felt in front of other fat-ass soccer moms who are also overly obsessed with dogs. So I'm not going to do a dwell on this at all. No. Oh, some of these camels have beautiful lips and humps. And they won the appropriate prize. Uh, so let's talk about American Idol, where Oregon's own Christy Lee Cook uh, got the judge's seal of approval. Now, is she horrible? Do you know and, anything in, in looks or talent? What are you getting at? Uh, I'm just saying I don't watch American Idol, but I, but I keep forgetting. And here's the other thing. I care so little about American Idol that every week you remind us that there's somebody from Oregon competing, and then I forget it five minutes later, and then I forget it until the next week when you go, Christine LeCook, who's from Oregon, and then I, yes. and then I kind of think to myself, oh yeah, and then blah blah blah. But I was looking at um, the uh, the, uh, the on the Intratron this morning. I was reading, I don't know, some blog or whatever, and among the things the guy was talking about was American Idol, and he said something to the effect of, "It's a bad night." Uh, what does he say? You know it's a bad night in American Idol when Christy Lee Cook is the best thing happening. Because apparently she sucks. Let's see if Susan Reynolds here. She'll know. Well, I have her singing. Let's, uh, before we do that, let's let's get Susan's assessment because I know she watches that show every week. Oh, she does. Yeah, she's a big American Idol fan. CBS Radio Portland. Hi, uh, this is Rick Emerson. Is uh, Susan Reynolds around? Um, yeah, one moment. Thank you. Mm -hmm. No idea who that was. Well, I'm guessing that's a no. I guess you'll get... This is Susan Reynolds, yeah. marketing director for right. CBS you know, Radio. Right. Well, um, she works hard. All right. Uh, so, in any, do we have Christy Lee Cook? We do. You want to hear her? Hey, uh, just as a side note. Hey, Richie, can you do me a favor? Uh, so, I'm looking at the, 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 the screen here, and this is it's all um, terrible airline calls. So, I think I think we've kind of milked that for all we can right now. So, um, move forward. My, uh, my apologies. If you're on hold, didn't get a chance to tell your airline story. Uh, I think we're going to move on days. at this point. There, somebody's always flying and dying somewhere. So, um, we're going to move on from the, uh, from the airline stuff. Plus, I know that sounds dopey, but I want someone to tell us about Christy Lee Cook and whether she sucks. So, because right. I don't know. Uh, all right. So, we have her singing? Yes. Okay. And now she'll sing. Nothing. I mean, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, uh, I I don't really care for a recent affectation. I think it's like a post Whitney Houston thing, where female singers have that little uh, thing where it sounds as though they're about to burst into tears on certain notes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's when she says, uh, "God is doing the music so much." Totally, and it's but it's like a it, it's sort of like a variation on a thing. Like Sarah McLachlan has that thing where she shifts between notes. Uh, you know, she does, uh, uh, you know, that thing, which she can do, but nobody else can. Mm -hmm. And everybody tries, and they sound terrible. 
it's when she says, do you play just to be, it's when she says God is great, and she does that fake quaver where she's about to be overcome by emotion. Can you play just like the first few? All right. Right there. That little thing. I could, I could do with that here and that, like, ever again. Uh, these are probably, let's see here. Hello? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, it's Andy. Hey, Andy, uh, are you calling about American Idol? No. All right, then, then hold on for a second. Don't go in here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. For the love of Christ. <laughs> Never mind. Just don't worry about it. All right, well, in any event. Chris Pratt. Paddock wrote about Christy Lee Cook saying that's the best week she's had was this week. Really? Yes. I guess the... the, the I don't know what that means. I think it's a bit, little bit of a... I got the feeling it's kind of a relative statement, uh, that she's not uh, typically viewed as being as being all that good. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, uh, my name is Peter. Yeah. Um, I uh, was actually had a... Um, Let me guess. Uh, you have either an airline story or a listener party name. A listener party name. Yeah. Hold on. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. You can't get frustrated that people are calling about different things. Hello? No, I'm not getting... Don't project. I'm not getting frustrated. I'm just saying... I don't think I'm projecting. You keep putting everyone on hold. I'm just saying... I'm just saying I'm trying to address this, uh, the Christy Lee Cook thing here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Is this actually me? Well, I suppose, unless it's a pseudo-pod you that was left underneath a bed in a bad Leonard Nimoy film. Fabulous. I believe I have your listener party name. Great. What is it, sir? It is Emerson's Eleven. Now, see, here's the thing. I feel like we might almost have to go with that one at this point because I was just looking through the email, and, like, every third person has suggested that. So I think just, like, by <laughs> sheer attrition, that one's probably going to win. It does work. I mean, it's like, yeah, like, like I would say probably a full 30% of the suggestions have been variations on Emerson's Eleven. So. Well, good. Uh, great minds think alike. All right. Uh, Thank you, my friend. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. All right. There you go. Let's do let's do one more attempt at this, and then I'll just give up and move on. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. How's Hi. it going? What's up? Hey, uh, I, the suggestion I have for your listener party name is just called the roast. Okay, I'm gonna I'll write it down. Okay. Hey, one one more thing. If Sarah goes online, she can find out what what kind of plane her flight is. Do you really want to know, Sarah? No. And that way, she'll know if it's going to be canceled because they have to inspect it. It's fine. It's kind of just like a big coal-fired stove in the belly. All right. Thank you. You bet. Bye. Oh, no, I did right. one of those weird discount, you know, like Travelocity things where I'm flying one airline there and one airline back. I don't know which one. Oh, I see. So it's like a mix and match yeah. sort of it. Yeah. Like whatever's available at the mm-hmm. moment. I do that all the time. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Now, here's what's going to happen, by the way. We're going to move on. Then I'm going to go back to the calls later, and it's going to be nothing but Christy LeCook calls. You know that's going to be the case. Here's Tim Riley. So no more American Idol? Is that what you're telling me? No, it seems pointless right. at this juncture. And you know what? And, and it's, it's all Richie can do to hold the phone up to his face without screaming today. So it's, it's really... That poor it's, guy. It's, it's, the call screen is going to be a little, a little scattershot today, probably. Let's, uh, let's move forward. All right. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the chainsaw man who must leave the homeless alone. Fantastic. I got another one of those over here. A Florida judge has ordered a Fort Lauderdale businessman to turn in his chainsaw and stop terrorizing the homeless men who congregate in his neighborhood. Stop it. Stephen Strict must appear on the uh, 17th to answer charges. He's been conducting a heinous intimidation campaign against the homeless people. The men charge him with chasing them through fields and over railroad tracks, armed with a chainsaw, and even shot at them with a pistol. He denies the charges, said the men are, are just trying to get back at him for calling the police when he finds them loitering near his home and construction business. All these allegations of fabrication, it's a witch hunt. These guys are crackheads. The homeless men held a press conference. 
Really? Yes. To complain that uh, someone placed flyers in the neighborhood featuring uh, their pictures and calling them crackheads, crooks, and prostitutes. Excellent. Uh, that's that, But that reminds me of this. I've just sort of had this sitting over here for a while. Uh, a 40... I don't know where Branch Township is. Oh, is it Oregon Town? I, I really... Did you just call it Oregon Town? In Oregon Town. We're going off to Colorado Territory. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where this is. I guess it doesn't really matter. What matters is this. A 41-year-old South Branch Township man took his own life last week by cutting off his head with a chainsaw after police said he unsuccessfully tried to reconcile an estranged marriage with his ex-wife. Uh, the woman came into the home and called police when, uh, who's this guy? This guy is Steve Walther, um, from whom she was granted a divorce on March 17th. He came to retrieve some of the personal property he was awarded in the divorce agreement. Um, apparently, after talking to his ex-wife about reconciling the relationship, he became upset and threatened to kill her with a chainsaw that he took out of a drawer. Which is either, it's either a very small chainsaw or a very large drawer or a combination of the two. She apparently declined and fled the home, after which he walked to the driveway and decapitated himself with the running chainsaw while neighbors looked on in horror. Did he get all the way through his neck? It does seem that way, yes. So, good, uh, good gumption, sir. Get up and go. All right, here's Tim Riley. Rob Lowe's personal chef and two nannies ran amuck in his California mansion for years, doing drugs, having wild sex raiding the medicine cabinet, and breaking security cameras. That from court uh, papers filed by the actor himself. After the trio of troublemakers spread malicious lies and divulged personal information about low to outsiders, one of the babysitters claimed she had an affair with the actor and demanded one and a half billion dollars in hush money to quit yapping. Instead of paying up... Does the story actually say to quit yapping? Yes. Excellent. It's from the New York Post, that's why. Instead of paying up... Lowe and his uh, makeup artist wife, Cheryl, hit the renegade workers with three separate lawsuits. The couple wants at least $3 million in damages from former nannies Laura Boyce and Jessica Gibson and Chef Peter Clements, all of whom had signed confidentiality agreements before being hired. The most astonishing claims came in lawsuits filed in Santa Barbara Superior Court against Gibson, the alleged extortionist, and Clements, who worked at several chic eateries, before being hired on with Lowe. You know, I don't really care that much about this story, but it does make me think of Rob, uh, Rob Lowe and that scandal that he had in the 60s. Yeah. And it makes me think about stories that TMZ was not around for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Stories that TMZ probably wishes they could somehow go back and cover. Uh, like the Rob Lowe thing. I remember, and it doesn't even seem possible that this happened, but I, but I guess it must have. Did, like, Nightline or somebody actually show sections of that Rob Lowe tape on television? Do you remember? Because in yeah, my I don't remember. See, I think they might have showed tape? some still oh, pictures. Oh, you're so young. This is you don't even remember this. No. Oh, okay. So I should give you like a multiple choice. Um. Okay. Rob Lowe. Uh, I, by the way, I should say uh, that this is simply for purposes of entertainment. That's the only reason I'm saying this. This is simply and solely for purposes of entertainment. So some of the examples I give here are not true and are done solely for our novelty and amusement. For satiric purposes. For satiric purposes, that's right. Uh, of Rob Lowe, a public figure here on KCMDA News Talk Radio Station. So uh, in, I think, 19... I don't know, like 87, 88, Rob Lowe was caught on tape, Sarah, A... Wait, hold on. i gotta think. I got to think all, th all three of these through. Um, hmm. All right. A, smoking crack. B... Uh, engaged in sexual activity with two underage girls, B, heatedly kissing another man's wife outside a swank New York hotel. The second one. Yeah, no, it's totally the second one. Really? <laughs> I guess. 
How underage? Uh, weren't they both underage, Jim? Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, they were both like 16. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And he was really like not. Um, uh, but it was a, he was caught canoodling with, with the two girls, I believe. On, but it was on tape. Like I, and I forget whether, I can't even remember the details now, whether he had taped it or whether they had taped it. But it, this could be another thing like where I think it's Mary Tyler Moore in the, in the out-of-towners and really it's Sandy Dennis. But in... See, now I don't even trust my own brain today, because maybe it's just fabricating, like, job of the hut images that I've never actually seen. But I'm pretty sure that Nightline or one of those shows at some point showed part of this really bad, seedy, like, grainy home film showing Rob Lowe and two underage girls in bed. I mean, that's kind of how I'm remembering it. Was it during his, like, super hot Rob Lowe time? It was, like, late 80s, so it would have been, like, post St. Elmo's Fire, about last night... Uh, that era, Rob Lowe. Oh, he was so hot back then. Well, he's a, you know, he's still he's a good-looking good man looking, now. Yeah. But, I mean, he was, uh, you know, it's like when you go back and look at all the right moves era Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? Where you just, just a guy who just won the genetic lottery. Um, let's see. Hello, sir. Are you calling about Rob Lowe? I can be. What are you, re- what are you really calling about? Well, man, you know, you forget that there's a 90-second delay, and you ask a question that nobody on the air has heard the answer to. Then you get frustrated that the four people already on hold <laughs> don't know the answer to your question. Are you calling about Christine Lee Cook? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. No, I just want to say she was I do, for, I do actually forget that sometimes, that there is a delay, and then I'll like, answer the phone and go, come on! So, yes, what is... What about Chrissy Lee Cook, sir? Well, she's no two three two point three million dollar camel, but she sang better than most weeks. Uh huh. Is she? But I mean, is she bad? She's mediocre, All but right. uh, she manages to have somebody else be just a little bit worse each week. So she's down to number what? Five so the, seven or something. So as long as she's sort of bracketed by somebody who's flat out terrible, she sort of survives to sing another day. It, you know, it's kind of the way I go through life. As long as somebody else screws up, I'm just a little bit above them. No, that's actually that's gotten us where we are uh, where we are today. Well, so. you got your job, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. So it looks like Rob Lowe um, taped himself. Okay, so here we go. Are you looking at the Wikipedia? I am. Yeah. For sex tapes? In 1988, Rob Lowe was involved in a sex scandal over a videotape of him having sex with two females, oh, one of whom was 16, in Atlanta, while attending the 1988 Democratic National Convention. Can you imagine if this happened today? Lowe has asserted he did not know the second girl was underage, and it was confirmed the two had met at a bar, which the girl entered by lying about her age. That's plausible deniability. Further complicating the issue was another part of the same tape that leaked at the time showing Lowe, a young American model called Jennifer, and Justin Morris having a, I hate the phrase menage a trois, I hate that phrase, I hate it, just say threesome, quit trying to make it like more glamorous, yeah seriously, no no no, it's it's exotic and tasteful, just say you're having sex with two other people at the same time, Um, in a hotel room in Paris, well at least they were in Paris, uh, this part of the original tape was made commercially available, really? And was sold as one of the first commercially available celebrity sex tapes, damaging his public image. I didn't even know about that. I never even knew that there was like a publicly available three-way tape of him. I say, making it, it sound as though I'm available? dying to see it. Um, well, presumably, I'm also on the Internet, Lowe's career was damaged by the scandal, and he later entered a rehabilitation clinic for alcohol and sex addiction. Eventually, his clear, uh, career rebounded. And he mocked his own behavior uh, on SNL. Okay, well, I knew about the first part. I didn't know about the second part where it's Jennifer and Justin and Rob all having sex on in some hotel room in Paris. And further, that it was everything even sold anywhere. So, all right. Well, anywho, here's Tim Riley. Are we done with the Rob Lowe story? I believe we are, yes. Okay. Let me turn the page here and see what's next. 
Is that exactly the kind of news prep that makes this show stand apart? Let me just turn the page and see what random story I will discuss next. The purple one will play Coachella. Coachella just got a royal infusion of talent. Prince is coming to the desert. After weeks of rumors, promoters of the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival announced today they have indeed inked a deal that will add Prince to the lineup of the massive three-day show in Indio. It kicks off April 25th. The purple one, as he's called by some. The purple one sounds really awkward. It's, a, it's like material mom. I know. Uh, yes, he's the major star power in a lineup that has some fans criticizing that a lower wattage affair is going on this year than in years past. The lineup this year includes... Roger Waters, Jack Johnson, Portishead, The Recontours, The Verb, Death Cab for Cutie, Love and Rockets, and Crapped Work. Do those names mean anything to any of you? Well, only in the sense that they're a big stay-away sign. So, uh, well, it's in the desert. Yeah, I mean, but is... the purple one will be there. Yeah, I know. The, the purple uh, one. The uh, uh, no, that's the thing. That, you know, thing to me. Uh, that's the thing that my wife would really be into. Uh, there's about half of those acts my wife owns and is big fans of. So, but I mean, really, the best you could do is Roger Waters. I mean, really, that's just... All right. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Take all the time you need. Maybe they're on Hello. delay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just be getting some coffee. Hello? I can hear somebody. Thanks. Not anymore. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hi. Uh, how's it going? I had a question about the... I don't know. How's it going with you? Oh, not too bad. I'm sick. Uh, what are you sick with, sir? Are you uh, sick at work? Uh, no, the Carillion Death Flu, something like that. Now, is this, uh, now, is it more of a nasal thing or like a chest thing or like an all-over body ache kind of a thing? Uh, all three. Really? What, yeah. What color is your mucus, sir? Um, kind of a whitish gray. <laughs> that is not at all. That's the best kind. Can I, can I just tell you, in in the many, many colors of Benetton in my head when I asked that question, at no point was I prepared for you to tell me, are you sure you're not, in fact, a pepper moth? I mean, gray oh. mucus, really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm calling it the Do, you, do you live next to a paper factory? No, no. Why would, Tim, you're a doctor. Why would, uh, why would somebody have gray mucus? I don't know. <laughs> Have you flown an MD-80 lately? Have I what? Flown on an no. MD... Never mind. Do you, do you appear to no. be walking around even though the flesh is rotting off your body? Do you crave the brains of friends and coworkers? Uh, no. No. All right, this is really isn't going anywhere. How, how, how can I help you, sir? Uh, just a question about the listener party. Yes. Is, uh, is there going to be a cover charge this year? No, there is not. Uh, just, just be there. You must be 21, uh, so bring your ID... Uh, but of course, uh, no cover. I think we're going to be uh, doing some sort of, you know, some sort of passes that you know kind of put you to the front of the line. But the, yeah, there's no cover, no uh, no charge, no ticket, no whatever. Very very good, sir. Excellent. Is that all you had today? Yes, it is, sir. All right. Well, I hope you feel better. Right on. All right. Thank you. Will there be a VIP area? Um, yes, one party passed. What party are you referring to? The one that we had. The bad one. Was there? Oh, yeah. The one that everyone that. we knew came to. <laughs> and that, that could not be that more than any other one. I could know. not be served. Um, the one that, That's actually true. I hadn't thought about that. Let's, for the first... No, no, no. Look, I know that you typically stay away from our listener events, but really, you ought to come to this one tonight. It's going to be great. And everyone listened that time. I li I'd like for you to finally come and see what it is we do here on the Rick Emerson program. Please come and experience the glory of... No, no, no. Bring all your friends as well so they can behold how great we are. I mean, it was the Auschwitz of listener parties. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Let's not use that as a name for the upcoming one. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's a list of party in the past. <laughs> it's the Auschwitz of radio events. Okay. It is very aptly put. Well, people were herded into a concealed area like a boxcar and told they could not move. There were no areas. By that pressure. troll lady? N- nobody oh. could use the restroom. I mean, how closely do you come to it, really? Remember when she wouldn't even let me back in? Like, I'm re- hosting this thing. Anyway, I, 30 years from now, that party will be remembered. Welcome to Rick Emerson, <laughs> listener party 11. Arbeit macht frei. Um... Moving on to the Auschwitz tip uh, for just a second. Uh, no, that was, and you're right, and that was, uh, and while we're on that subject, let me read something here. Um, this is actually, I was going to read this later. Um, let's see, where did it go? Why not book it for your next function? Um, <laughs> this says, Rick, if the listener party is really for the listeners, will something be done about the beer lines? And I don't mean just you talking about something being done, but something really being done. <laughs> It was better at the last one, but still ridiculous. I realize the problem doesn't really affect you and your posse, but please do something for the little people. Uh, more beeristas, please. Um, and then uh, he has some uh, bad suggestions for the name. So um, so Susan Reynolds and I did a walkthrough at the Crystal the other day we, with some of the folks there, and we, we laid out in no uncertain terms. First of all, the Crystal's a great venue, and I've gone to a lot of events there, and nobody ever seems to have a problem getting served. So um, the the... But but we laid out in, in no uncertain terms, like everybody who comes to these things drinks a lot. I mean, and that's even at the last play, you know, the last year when we did it at uh, Barracuda or whatever. I mean, he, he, they'd had us there before and they, just like they still didn't quite grasp. I mean, at one point, I think they actually had to call bartenders at home and wake them up and get them to come down. So it has been made uh, exceptionally clear to the crystal that really the audience drinks like a lot. Uh, really, really like, they, like they've got a problem. And the Crystal's used to handling a lot of people, yeah. so I don't think it'll be a problem. And they have two permanent bars, and they can put two more there. So I, I don't, I don't believe it's going to be, uh, I don't believe it's going to be an issue. They knew this was happening with the airplanes. So why do we, the common folk, have to suffer? That's a good question. It really is. So, all right. So there you go. All right. Do I sound cranky today? See, now I'm kind no of obsessing on it. I don't mean to sound no, cranky. No, I don't think so. All right. I'm just uh, nothing that people aren't used to. You're always cranky. Thanks so much. It's a part of my charm. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, what's going on with Patrick Swayze, you ask? He had an excellent response to treatment for pancreatic cancer. Uh, That's what the doctor told the actor. We're thrilled and grateful for the positive response he's shown toward his treatment. Also, uh, we can't help but feel uh, we thank everyone for their prayers, their meditations, and good thoughts sent his way. Thank you, said the couple. Uh, Dr. Fisher, Swayze's doctor, tells People magazine Patrick Swayze continues to respond well to his treatment for cancer. Because of his excellent response, we'll continue the same therapy at Stanford. He's 55 years old. So uh, he announced last month that he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. He'd been undergoing chemo, but not radiation treatment. So there's a difference between the two. So he's doing better. Okay. Let's see, I don't want to read this story after that. Oh, it's, it's got to be something. Yes, I don't, I don't want to make something. You oh. just read the Patrick Swayze story. So were you going to something really depressing or something really happy? Uh, something depressing, but something happier. What could be unhappy about a train? The historic Mount Hood Railroad has been sold to a Chicago-based company. The 102-year-old rail line covers a 22-mile stretch of track between Hood River and Parkdale. It is popular for tourists exploring the region's hinterlands, known as the Fruit Loop. The railroad also operates year-round hauling for freight. 
The railroad was sold for an undisclosed amount to Permian Basin Railways, a Chicago-based subsidiary of Chicago-based Iowa Pacific Holdings. I don't understand anything in that story. The train has been sold. Let me uh, let me read this. Rick, not to dwell on the hideous, but I think it would really be impossible to chainsaw off your own head. <laughs> That's what I would think. <laughs> the chain... How do you get through the neck? <laughs> he says the chainsaw doesn't make the cleanest of cuts, you know. So it's, <laughs> it seems... It seems like it would take some doing to to get all the way through. At some point, you know, the nerves that control your arms are going to be severed. I really thought this doesn't make any sense at all. He says, at some point, the nerves that control your arms are going to be severed, rendering you, you know, unable to finish the job. I guess you'd make some, some uh, he said, I guess you would make some headway, so to speak, and then collapse in a grisly mess on the driveway and just sort of bleed out. Thought you, thought you'd like to know. Thank you so much. Here's Tim Riley. Well, perhaps somebody out there has a personal experience relating to that. Maybe. Let's. Uh, you tried to chainsaw your own body parts off. Please call in two minutes, but uh, but wait wait a while to do it so I can inexplicably scream at the phones out of frustration. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, why would Prince nickname himself self something that sounds like a frat boy would dub his penis? I, I don't know. That's exactly what I thought of, too. I thought it was some sort of euphemism for manhood. But then I thought that maybe he didn't really do it. You know, maybe that's a thing that, like, the, the media has just decided to call him. Because they because after the whole artist formerly known as Prince thing, they're just incapable of calling him Prince. So maybe that's just a... Maybe that's a nickname. We were talking earlier about nicknames being given to the audience and nicknames the audience gives himself. Maybe he, uh, that was a nickname given to him against his will, sir. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, good enough. Okay. I mean, at this point in his career, what else can they call him, really? Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, this period is. Can I just say this, by the way? Here's an email. Carl Click, what? Wasn't Jim Bosley available? Oh. Yeah, see? Too soon. All right, yes, sir. Hello. Yeah, this period is. Yes, did you give yourself that nickname? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Oh, Dan writes all the time. But I'm. Is that so? Is that a thing you just. Did you begin identifying yourself as that? Uh, used to be Viking Courier, Dan, but uh, he decided to make it a little shorter because of, I uh, uh, don't really like reading places. Okay. Anyway, he got a, he got a show name for you. Yes, sir. Rick Emerson 11, perhaps you would like a piece of my shoulder. Okay. <laughs> Is that a uh, restaurant at the end of the universe reference? Yes. All right. Or a casserole of me, perhaps? Perhaps. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yep. Bye. There's this whole thing, just to explain that so it doesn't sound creepy, uh, although I guess maybe that's not going to be solved on KCMD Portland. They're in the restaurant at the end of the universe, which is the sequel to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, they go to uh, this at Ford and Arthur and everybody. They go to this restaurant, and in in, in the future, or or you know, in, in you know, in, in in this book, if you go to this restaurant that's like way off in space, they have there's a planet where they have begun they begin raising cows that want to be eaten. To uh, to sort of stem the guilt of people who might enjoy. Oh, Kyle saying, "Please eat me." Exactly. So and it's they and they explained that because there were some people who like red meat but felt guilt about killing cows to do it, they just decided to genetically engineer a cow that wants to be eaten. So Arthur's sitting at the table and a cow walks up to the table and the cow begins saying, "I've been force feeding myself for months. Perhaps you would like a piece of my shoulder or a casserole of me." Hmm. It's all very creepy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Uh, just to derail this, uh, do you want the uh, definitive word on Christy Lee Cook? I'm happy to do so. Let's go around the room. Yes? No? Tim? I'm indifferent. It's, Sarah? It's, it's, you're the, sure. Sure, why not? 
Okay. Uh, a disclaimer, uh, please to be forgiving this ridiculous pontification and that's what it's going to sound like. And the truth of the matter is I really honestly don't care about it as much as it's going to sound. Uh, it, this is more of a, uh, I have a super sensitive douchebag sensor. And, uh, okay, sir, just say it. <laughs> really? And, that is okay. a, and let's think uh, about that. Where we get that second. Home Depot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that, is that something? Is that like having a smoke detector? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Please no, 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 no. This is place for too sensitive. <laughs> well, I'd actually okay, can, I, can, we, can we stop for a second? <laughs> We're going to get out. No, no, no. Let me. Uh... All right, go. Well, is it me? I almost don't want to ask this now. <laughs> what? what? It's about the phrase douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Because, well, never mind. Go ahead. No, it's, that is one of the best. Uh, I don't know who coined it, but uh, one of the, truly one of the best English words ever. Uh, it, it's just descriptive. Anyway, uh, I'd actually watched that uh, you know American Idol yeah. disgusting show up until a couple weeks ago, and uh, they, I actually found that their you know a couple of the performers had some pretty good talent. You really are taking just the longest amount of time to get to this Christine okay, Lee Cook well, observation. It's all relevant. It's all relevant. <laughs> But uh, each week, as I stupidly watch, my contempt only ratchets. If it's all the same to you, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some coffee in the back of the room while you're talking. Okay, well, Just say ahead. it. Go ahead, sir. Christy, Christy Lee Cook. She's a freaking country hick hack. And <laughs> she, hack. But she's the she's the token country hick pandering to her constituency. Is she like the Carrie Underwood? Uh, she the Kelly Pickler of, uh, of this oh, yeah, season. Oh yeah, sorta. And I, and you know, and that's that's her only real market. And it's and it's not so much that she's a poor singer. I mean, she's got her good moments, but the she's good at what she, she does. Yeah, and the, the reason she's still in it is because that redneckian hillbilly constituency of her keeps voting her in. They all gang up, they all call, they all vote for her because she represents that demographic. You seem disproportionately angry about this. You know what? They that is to, you know honestly that is just the worst demographic of Americans to me. That <laughs> truly It's the know, easiest to sell. It really is. No, that's a well, that's a target market you can never saturate. You know, when she if you watch it what's particularly angering is she knows that and so she obviously keeps pandering to them. She's she's actually pretty smart. She knows it. She she's pretty wise of it. And there's no, you know, she's got to know that there's really no viable reason for her to be around week after week. You know, she has supplanted better singers because of it. Uh, her style only hits that particular Let me, quotient. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, shoot. If left unchecked, how much longer would this conversation go? Uh, <laughs> like, if I hadn't ever interrupted... Words. Could I have gone to like the plaid and got myself like some Easy Mac or something and come back and you're still just talking away? <laughs> Maybe long enough for you to take a whiz. All right, here know. you got like another 20 seconds. Just All wrap right. it up, big finish. Uh, you know the. Uh, <laughs> you, you threw me off my track. You threw me. <laughs> that was I, I just I had to you know point out that it was just the the big hillbilly constituency thing. It's her pandering. Some guy had just called it a, a few minutes ago. And said that it was just because someone else had outsucked her. Yes, someone else had outsucked her. Now we know how she stays on the show. All right, on that we're gonna go out. All right, bye now. No, it's because somebody else outsucked her, Rick. All right. Wow. That's gonna be the. You know what it is? This is my karma for snapping at the phones about there being no uh, Kelly Lee Cook. That's exactly. Yeah, that was your karma. That is. That's no. That's my come up. That's comeuppance. funny. That's what I get for being like I demand more Kelly Lee Pickler calls or whatever the hell her name is. Okay, let's just be done with that. No, I was back on the douchebag thing for a second. 
So what bag is this? I mean, I'm a guy, so I don't really know about these things. I don't really understand. What is the bag that you're... Let's be very careful about how we just... Let's walk carefully through these next few moments. Let's look it up. Um, So, because... Uh, let me, uh, Larry, I do know when you go into Trader Joe's, there's a sign there that said, did you bring bags? But I don't think uh, that's related. Probably not. Okay. Um, so, but I mean, is... is, is because they, uh, is, it, is it like a bag? It looks that like you're... a hot water bottle. Yeah, but that's... Thing. But you should Google douchebag images. It's really funny. Okay, do you want to hear... Do you want to hear... Everybody at work. Do you want to hear something really awful? Because, see, look, that's... I guess that's what it is. No, 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 but do you want to hear something really awful? Okay. Do you really? Sure. Okay, sure. so I remember being... I remember being about five years old and finding uh, one of those under the sink in the bathroom at home. And, of course, being a five-year-old, like, asking my mom what it was. Like, drag... And I think there might have been company over, too. So, like, I'm, like, four or five. I have no idea. It's, like, what apparently is, like, an actual, like, douche bag and, like, taking it out. Well, douche bag looks like a hot water bottle. But that's it's what just... I mean. But it was, like, with a tube attached to it, right? Yeah. And take it. I think I think my mom had company over. And I remember going, like, Mom, what's this thing? I found under the sink. You know, and then it was, like, <laughs> the horrifying. <laughs> it's, like, with the electric air cleaner. Exactly. <laughs> totally <laughs> taking the vibrator out of the living room. But I remember being a little kid and dragging that out from under the sink because I didn't know what the hell it was, um, and um, and then taking it out in the living room where my mom had like somebody from church or something over and just holding up a, a douching thing and saying like, "Hey mom, what? Can where I, does this cord and, go?" You know, and I think I wanted to use it to like squirt water on my brother. <laughs> I think I think I wanted I think I thought it was a hot water bottle because it's made of the same material I think and it has the same color right and so I think. I think in my head, I thought it was some kind of fancy hot water bottle, and I, wa I wanted to use it to spray my brother, which I think, if I had been allowed to do so, would have been awful in like a hundred different ways. Um, this, oh, Richie just told me the worst thing. Richie says, you know, my little, should I read this or should I have Richie come tell us this? You, you should have him come tell us. Let's Richie, see how his face is doing. Richie, please come to the studio. By the no. way, if anyone's bored at work, just Google image douchebag, and it'll entertain you for hours. That is no, do it right now. Um, but also, now, but is it is it me or uh, they don't really sell like reusable douching things anymore, right? It's they sell it's like a one time summer's eve. Is it's, that a one time thing? Well, when they advertise that summer's eve feminine wash, isn't that what that is? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. is that so what is sponsors? so what is the bag? But my under I don't know. I don't, from my understanding, I thought it was just something that you just squirted and See, that's that. But it just always just seemed so unsanitary to me for some reason. Well, but maybe that's why the one-time thing, that they sell the one-time ones now. Because that thing you just keep under your sink where your kid can be, like, throwing it around the house, that doesn't seem like any, anything you'd want to put towards a, you know, near a sensitive area of your body. Uh, Richie, how are you feeling? Uh, okay. My mouth, I just don't oh, like that. Oh, Richie, you've got to go to the doctor. Is it doctor. something you ate where you stung by a bee or bitten by an insect or something? I have no clue. Yeah. It's like when I come back from the dentist. You're kind of turning into the toxic Avenger over there. It's, it looks like it's getting bigger, Richie. Oh. <laughs> Try not to touch anything in here. Ouch. Uh, please now to tell the story about the douche. Okay. Well, uh, me and my little brother used to ride BMX bikes when we were younger, and we had those little water bottle holders. And right. he had this water like bottle. Like the squeeze bottles for yeah. your bike? Yeah. He had one in there, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, where'd you get that? And he said he got it out of the garbage. <gasps> and I said, that's mom's. <laughs> and, and he thought I was messing with him. He, he thought I was messing with him. So I took him to the bathroom, 
and I pulled out of the garbage the cardboard box that it was in yeah. and ripped it open, and on the inside it has the instructions, and he saw the picture of the lady with it, <laughs> and he started crying, and he what? used it as a water bottle out of the garbage. That's, uh, who takes, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so I don't really, okay. Wait, let, let me <laughs> See, when you... Let me just say this. No, we've got to phrase very carefully. <laughs> I thought, when you typed it, I'm so glad I had you come in to tell this story. Because I was talking about how I found my mom's, uh, you know, the, the the douche thing. This is a clinical discussion. This is a health issue, I think. Um, well, it's re-educated the young people. And I found it under the sink when I was a little kid, and I thought it was like a water bottle that I could squirt my brother with. And I drive in the living room, and she said, no, 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 put that away. That's that's mommy's. Don't touch it. Um, so when you then responded by saying, here's what he typed in the screen. Um, he says, oh, my little brother got one out of the garbage at home and used it as a, oh, see, I didn't see the water bottle. I thought you meant, like, to squirt you with. No, he was using it as his athletic water bottle. Where he... <laughs> Never mind. Please tell me that he put it in his mouth. He didn't just squirt it. Yes. <laughs> so... Wow. Okay, so riddle me this. He's going to hate So, me. is there... What happens with the liquid when it comes out of... Does it go back in? Does it just all come out, or... That's a good question, Richie. Um, no, you have to well, squeeze it. I mean, look, I... You have to squeeze I know it. this is awkward, but it, I guess maybe on some level we thought you would have all the answers to this, Sarah. I, uh... No, I've never... I don't know. It's just... It, it, that's kind of a foreign topic to me. It just always seems... It that, seems it, just creepy. Is that a generational thing, maybe? Perhaps. Is that from... And I mean, and I, and I do mean this part seriously. Is I don't know, maybe everybody does it but me. Well, is that, do you think, from... Because stuff like this sort of fascinates me, what I'm about to say here. The... Not, not douching. Um, but, I mean, do you suppose that's from an era when women were taught to feel a lot of uh, shame and anxiety about certain parts of their body? Because they sell other things, sprays and whatnot, that I think maybe a lot of women are... Uh, they are uh, taught or they're made to feel early on uh, a lot of... Um, I got a lot of insecurity that maybe is unnatural. They're not so fresh. See, I wasn't going to say that, but you know what? I, but you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, look and look. I'm not some big hippie, trippy, uh, you know, uh, lesbian seagull, you know, kind of guy. But I mean, but you know, I mean, women get a lot of a lot of pressure put on them about not just not just looks, but you know, everything. Like even that stupid commercial we played last week about that. You know, my husband only drinks the coffee from the secretaries at work. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. So women are made to feel weird about all kinds of things. I wonder if that dates from sort of an era when women uh, were taught that everything had to be just so, uh, even unnaturally just so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's so going on. So your question that. is. Um, so I guess those uh, if you so buy the it at the just store, goes out, but it doesn't go back in, right? Yeah. Well, I I think if you buy one of those at the store, it comes like preloaded with some sort of a. Uh, this was the 80s, too, so it was a little different than it is now. It's a different time, Sarah. Uh, uh, but are those come preloaded with some sort of scented wash, maybe? Vinegar and water, I believe. But it can't just... But Vinegar? It was in the 80s. Oh. Sarah, would you like to be... Pickled? I mean, granted, he washed it out, but I don't know if he washed vinegar? it Vinegar? Who wants to smell like vinegar? I don't That's know. a good question. You know, honey, uh, what a, you know what it really turned me on is... Uh, can I get you if, you... if you smelled like a potato salad, that'd really be great. Can I get you to, if I if I could just get you to smell like... Oh, God, I just saw the worst phrase ever. If I could get you to smell like a Vlasic pickle, sweetie, I would, uh, <laughs> I'd really find you ever so alluring. 
Wow, do so I... can I read the definition just of, of, of douching? Why, just like... do, wow, do I regret this whole line of discussion. Uh, where, from where are you reading? From Wikipedia. Now, is it the safe for the air? I, I want you to see You want me to phrase. look at it first? I want you to see this phrase. Can you say that? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> let me just say this. It it's is a funny so phrase. so unpleasant. But let me just say that it involves um, uh, a, 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 an area... It involves a region. It involves a woman's region and the phrase irrigation. I guess if maybe the crops aren't coming along as you'd like them to. So, yeah. Does it say uh, that uh, everything is just sort of... I would imagine it's the thing you do in the bath, maybe. Or, or you know what I mean, in the bathtub. And then it all just kind of uh, away go problems down the drain. Okay, so 27%, so a study in 1995 found that 27% of U.S. women aged 15 to 44... Do it regularly. See, that's less than a third, though. I would imagine... But it's more common among African-American women, over 50%, than among well, white women who and use it 21%. I would also imagine uh, that if you had taken that same stu- that same survey... When was that study done? 1905? Yeah. I would say if you'd, t- if you'd done that survey in the 80s or the 70s, it, it, the farther back you go, I think the higher the percentage probably gets. Totally. Because... Um, and, and speaking very clinically here about a sociological... I'm so sorry that this interrupted your news, Tim. I apologize <laughs> Richie for Richie was right, mixed with vinegar. From the deepest place, Tim, I apologize. It does, it has vinegar in it. Yeah, um, it's water mixed with vinegar. The, it, let, me, let me just say... Uh, um, because they also market as like the feminine uh, hygiene sprays and so forth. Mm-hmm. But here, I mean, do, you, I mean, do you know anybody who goes out and buys that? Do you know anybody that... No, 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 I... Wow. I'm getting ready to go. Storm sent me the funniest thing the other day. She telling me how Lysol. Lysol was once uh, thought to be that. Yes, I'm, I'm reading this um, love quiz for oh, married folks only. What? You never told me Massengill douche has effect all. I just bought it. Only Massengill has effect all for effective douching any time of the month. Massengill adds effect all to all three fragrances <clears throat> for a clean, fresh feeling of gentle, effective douching. I've always liked Massengill's more comfortable slanted design. And only Massengill has Effectol for effective douching any time of the month. Trust Massengill, the leader for 74 years. <laughs> See the bottle? I could go without ever hearing the word douche again. I wish my vagina made a harp noise. We need to send an AE out to sell them an annual. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe that at the end, the mom says to the daughter, you won't believe how fresh it makes you feel. What kind of... I mean, well, it's better than learning it on the street. I was just going to say, I'm all for openness with one's children about... It is from the 80s, so I don't know if uh, the social norms have changed in that regard. Yeah. So to re- vinegar? To- I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> well, they're, on that. they're walking on the beach. You suppose it's the white cider vinegar or like the apple uh, vinegar? God, I just hate vinegar. So, like <laughs> the smell and the everything. Vinegar? <laughs> I should not look at me. I just I keep remembering when you every time we talk about vinegar. Well, feeling really fresh is most important. Thanks. There's Summer's Eve post menstrual douche with the natural cleansing ingredient, Natricel. 
for more effective cleansing and deodorizing. Just right for postmenstrual use. Summer's Eve postmenstrual douche. Isn't douche French for bath? Is it wash? Because I mean, the other thing is, it has a different meaning here than the actual meaning. In other words, douche is a real, it's a real yeah, word. It comes from the French language, which uh, the principal meaning is a shower. Yeah, because it, you'll actually, uh, in fact, if you uh, like, if you go to Bath and Body Works, I think it is, if you buy shower gel, uh, which uh, my wife does, if you buy shower gel from Bath and Body Works, because, and I don't think they really sell it in France. I think it's they're trying to look more sophisticated, but it says. It says body, or it says shower gel, and below that it says, like, gelatin de douche, you know, or whatever. And it is, it, because that means shower. In fact, here's a funny story. Last night, my wife and I were watching Friday Night Lights, and uh, we're catching up, so we're kind of borrowing episodes from other people who've maybe obtained them off the Internet. Not that I advocate that. But this is the funniest thing. So we're watching Friday Night Lights, which is an American show about football, except the version we're watching was taped off of French TV. So it's the American Friday Night Lights subtitled in this, like, pretty French font. And at one point, one of the characters last night on Friday Night Lights is saying to... Lila is saying to, um... is saying to Jason Street, she's saying, blah, 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 I gotta go take a shower. And I did that juvenile thing of giggling, because at the bottom of the screen, it's like, blah, 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 douche, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so that is... So that's interesting <laughs> that we've taken a French word for, like, a shower, and we've made it, you know... And then he used it as a water bottle. Well, look, did you see How the old was he? I was probably, what, 14? He was probably about nine. So what was his reaction when you showed him the drawing on the inside of the... The little cartoon drawing on the inside of the box? <laughs> he ran off crying like a little girl. He oh. ran into his room, crawled up into a fetal position. <laughs> is this Anthony? No, no, this is my on my dad's side. Okay. Have yeah. I met him? Uh, no. Okay, because you know what we're going to bring up if we ever do. Oh. Um, how, did, what, how long was it before he could leave the bedroom and look at your mom in the eye? He did not want me to tell mom first, because I that, I always bring that up later. Like, I'm going to tell mom. You did you ever tell mom? No. Okay, good for you. That, you're a good brother. <laughs> so, uh, but I would imagine that that's a, you, that's, that's a horror you can never wash away. Yeah, plus I mean, me and all my friends laughing at him for like a year, probably. Well, and you're still laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. like, Seriously, I mean, like, <laughs> it's 2008. <laughs> okay, what would you find? Let me out just go around the room. Uh, so let me just ask you this, Sarah. Oh. What, 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 do you think is, what do you think is worse, that experience or walking in, catching your parents in some explicit act where you see everything? Hmm. I'm not saying where you, you catch a glimpse of a buttock and you're like, I'm out of here. I'm saying you walk in and you see it all. Oh, what do you suppose is worse? I think th probably the first thing is worse because that's making contact with something that's made contact with something that I don't want to make contact with. <laughs> like, Fair point. Richie? Oh, man. Depends, I mean, they're both horrible options. Depends how old you are when you... Let's say you're 12. 12? Yeah, you're 12. What's worse? The Using that as a... Using your mom's... Uh, the, the, uh, the, the thrown out... Uh, oh. Douche thing. Uh, as a water bottle inadvertently, or disco <laughs> discovering your parents in flagrante. Oh, definitely discover my parents. Really? Has that happened to you? Uh, no. Yeah. You would. So. Uh, you'd remember. Yeah. All right, but you'd you would, rather you'd, you'd rather, rather drink that? from you'd rather use that as a sport bottle than catch your parents in the act. Yeah. No, no. You'd rather catch your parents in the act. I'd rather catch my parents. I'm not. Right. No, no. That's. Can cool. we all agree that this is the most <laughs> horrifying thing we've ever heard? I cannot believe that we've been talking about this. It's interesting. And it sucks especially because I'm the only girl in here. You guys are like, what's douching? Well, I'm just saying. Wait, what about for you? What would you pick? Uh, I'd pick the catching my parents. Yeah. Because at least that. And here's the other thing about that. As horrible as it is. That is an experience that everybody has either had happen to them or has sort of worried about. Uh -huh. Like it's a realistic thing. 
You know, everybody's like, oh, God. Then I heard my parents, you know, I heard the headboard one night and I heard the bed squeaking or whatever. Oh, like everybody, God, I've heard like horrible flashbacks to high school. But, you know, everybody's had, everybody's had that happen. Oh, man, I, I walked in and my parents had obviously just been having sex. And you're kind of, everybody kind of goes, oh, man, because we all under that anxiety. The other thing, there's nothing to compare. No one, no one else at the party will have that story to share. Ever. No, no one else will be able to commiserate with that story. And he took it out of the garbage. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, man. Drinking out of something that you found in the trash to begin with is a little odd. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. We still don't know what a douche bag is, by the way. That's what started this whole thing. All right. Thank well, you, I thought so it was a water bottle. Uh, maybe. I don't know. All right. Damn, I'm so very, very sorry. Not at all. Very <laughs> education. Well, then I wonder how one of those giant bags fits in those. Like, <laughs> those like. Maybe it's inflatable. That's no bag. That's my wife. Those, those little small boxes. Like is it, you see those like little boxes. You mean the cardboard box from the store? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. I wonder that too, Sarah. I wonder that all the time. William Bailey would be proud. Oh, man, I'm about two-thirds away through that radio book, by the way, Tim. Um, how was that? It's fantastic. It's slow going for me because um, it's kind of a densely written book, and I just haven't had a lot of time to read lately. But, boy, it's just, but the thing is, I'm, I'm taking the time to read it. I want to skim it because it is such a great book that I'm yeah. making sure that I read it, that I, I set aside time when I can really focus and concentrate. That book raised on radio. I say desperately trying to bring, bring the show back to something mainstream and respectable. All right, so it looks like douching isn't good for you. looks like it causes infections and introduces bacteria into the body. I don't think it's good for radio shows either. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. Can we just break and <laughs> reset? Tim, would you like to come back and do news on the other side? I think on the other side we should have a discussion on stapery maxi pads. Yes. No. Uh, all right. Let's, let's all go cleanse ourselves during the break. Wow. I got nothing. Back after this, the Rick Emerson radio program. So I'll pretend that never happened, huh? Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Let me just read this, Rick. No time to call to tell the story, but I have to share. This happened to a good friend of mine. His mom was in grad school studying entomology, bugs. She was studying, uh, to be specific, chicken mites. So the family had a few chickens living in the backyard. You need to harvest the mites with a vacuum hose covered with a piece of nylon stocking. You don't want the mites jumping onto you, so you need to have your clothes off. It's hard to hold a chicken still so you can vacuum it, and you need help. Thus it was that my friend came home one night in junior high to find both his parents in the kitchen naked vacuuming chickens. Scarred for life. Best show ever. Julie. All right. Wait, hold on. Did she say don't use my name? Oh, no. Okay, Julie. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So as we speak, the Olympic torch has arrived in San Francisco. You can expect somebody to blow it out any moment now. Johnny Depp plans to marry his longtime love. After 10 years of living as an almost married couple, Johnny Depp and Vanessa Paradise plan to make it official. Apparently, the couple already have two children together. They will get married this summer. 
Don't tell me he's going to make another Pirates of the Caribbean. No, I think he's done with that thing. Okay, God. they're all the same movie, really. And they're all nine hours long. I think when you watch those Pirates of the Caribbean movies, it's like... They, they, Nap time. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they never end. It's like you've stumbled into some weird universe wormhole where time slows down. I mean, really, if you've ever got uh, just like six months to live or something, spend it watching Pirates of the Caribbean films because it'll seem like an eternity, really. That is too bad. Uh, in Washington today, frustrated senators see no signs of an Iraq exit. So apparently uh, General Petraeus is being questioned and given the same old answers, and we're going to be there for another hundred years. A cleaning lady chose the wrong office to show up drunk at, especially when she works for the Oregon State Police. Officers at the Newport Command Office said 42-year-old Ruby Ann Peterson and her son arrived around 7 o'clock. Uh, recruits suspected she was intoxicated and arrested the cleaning lady. She's charged with reckless endangerment. The trooper drove the uh, boy home. Uh, then the Wilberger murder suspect is pled not guilty in an Oregon courtroom. The man accused of killing her appeared in court for the first time since he was named a suspect in the case. Joel Courtney is 42. He's accused of murder, kidnapping, and rape and the disappearance of Wil Wilberger. But how can they come up with all these charges since she's never been found? I don't know. He's also accused of trying to kidnap two other women in Oregon that same day. So, uh, yeah, he's been brought here by another state, from another state. An intoxicated man, bleeding from one hand, stood in the middle of a boulevard last night, taking aim at passing cars with a high-tension bow and arrow. Where was this at? Rapid City. Oh, not here. Wherever that is. Uh, police arrested Lauren Two Bulls of Rapid City. He's charged with six counts of aggravated assault, one count of theft of mislaid property. Mr. Two Bulls had a large utility you, razor knife. Can you please spell his last name? T-W-O space B-U-L-L-L. Oh, bowls. Two oh, bowls. Two bowls. So he has two bowls. Okay, all right. Not one bowl, but two bowls. <laughs> you don't want to be Johnny One Bowl. Not one bowl. No. Uh, so he's more than one bowl. He had a large utility knife with him and appeared to be under the influence of alcohol. He had bloodshot eyes and slurred words. Police received calls from the occupants of two passing cars and identified uh, six victims... Uh, people in one car reported a man shot an arrow at another vehicle before he took aim at their car. They said the third vehicle, also passing by, uh, was hit by an arrow. Police believe at least one other witness or victim of the accident has not yet come forward. They're looking for the rightful owner of the bows and arrows. Apparently, they're stolen. That's one of the things you just wouldn't anticipate when you're driving down the road, that suddenly there's going to be a guy bleeding profusely and shooting at you with a bow and arrow. What harm could he possibly cause to a, a vehicle, though? I don't really know. Did you see the thing about um, this guy groping groping people at a funeral? No. Do you have this? I don't. Uh, this is a Boulder man was arrested Thursday after police said he crashed crashed a memorial service, gra grabbed the breast of the deceased woman's sister, and showed the mother pornographic pictures. And in my head, of what? course, in my head, it's happening all at once in like ten fun-filled seconds. <laughs> hey, look at you! I'm gonna grab your breast. Also, here's some porno pictures. Who does that? Like grab a boob? <laughs> look at these. Well, you know who does. <laughs> you know who does it? Marlos Hernandez, 31. Oh, Marlos. He faces possible charges of unlawful sexual contact, first-degree burglary, and harassment after police said he entered a memorial gathering in another unit of his apartment building that had started Wednesday and extended past midnight. When Hernandez upset the mother of the woman who recently died, other grieving guests became upset and a physical confrontation ensued outside the apartment. Um, the deceased woman whose life was being celebrated, that's how you want your life being celebrated, by the way. Yeah. When I die, I want Marlos Hernandez to come up and grab bosoms and show porno pictures to everybody. Um, 
Details of her death are known. Her mother, who hosted the memorial gathering, told police she didn't know Hernandez, but wasn't suspicious when he came into her home because lots of people she doesn't know have paid their respects. Upon, upon, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know we should be celebrating the life of. We are. We're doing <laughs> they even so say we... the defeat. No, no. <laughs> She'd want us all to laugh if she were alive. <laughs> Remember, I want. I want to be celebrated as I lived, being groped and forcibly, forcibly shown pornography. Um, upon entering the apartment, Hernandez went first to the kitchen and put his arm around the deceased woman's teenage sister. As if to comfort her, Huntley said. Then he reached out and grabbed oh, one of her breasts. Around? Yes, he did. Oh, boy. The sister told police she didn't want to start a confrontation, so she left the kitchen. Hernandez then went near a display of pictures and memories of the deceased and pulled out a cell phone. She thought he was going to take a picture of the shrine with his cell phone, Huntley said. But then he began showing the mother a series of pornographic pictures. <laughs> that, that, Huntley said, quote, upset the mother and her guests, unquote, who forced Hernandez outside and began fighting with him. Police were called to the scene. All in attendance had physical injuries. <laughs> that is the best memorial service ever. All in attendance had physical injuries? Yes, apparently it was a brawl. A melee ensued. Oh, that's great. Where was this? This is in Colorado, I guess. Oh, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. That does sound fun. Well, calling students trailer park trash for bad behavior is an offense, but in Marshall County, West Virginia, it merits only a one-day suspension, not two. That's the ruling for the Board of Education. They wanted to override an earlier penalty for John Marshall High School advisor Nicole Shipman. The board said Shipman should be reimbursed for the extra day that she had off. Last month, Shipman handed a memo to some unruly students warning if they insisted on acting like trailer park trash, that's how she treat them. Excellent. Well, that broke the board's employee conduct rule. Uh, Shipman has since apologized, citing the stress of her job having to teach trailer park trash. She also said that she was <laughs> unprofessional on that day. Excellent. Hey, speaking of, uh, of, of trash, did you guys see the... You just had the best look on your face <laughs> Sort of slack job with a carrot sticking out of your mouth. Um, did you guys see the uh, that uh, that horrible video of the uh, of the teenage girls beating up the other teenage girl? Yeah. No. That's brutal. No, it is. They're did like you catch, animals. Did you see that? Really, savages. Did you see the uh, the version with or without audio? No, without audio. Oh man, uh, the version with audio is even better. Uh, it's apparently it's a bunch of teenage girls, uh, all of whom are crazy, and I guess they they thought. I guess the thing is that one of the girls was alleged to have squealed on them to the man about a kegger they were throwing. So it's about the girls throwing a kegger. The cops show up and bust it. Suspicion falls on this other girl who they believe to have been the one uh, that told the cops about it. So they, uh, I guess they like lured her up and they said, come on over. We'll watch, you know, come on over. We'll, we'll, we'll watch television or whatever it is young people do. Uh, and, of course, when she got in, they all just gave her, like, a savage 30-minute beating, which they then filmed and posted on MySpace because they're morons. That's terrible. It is terrible. You, you, can't, you can't post something that long on YouTube anymore, though. It uh, has to be under 10 minutes. So maybe the second well, the, the second I saw was only about two or three minutes long. It was some news site. Uh, and the audio is just, I mean, it almost sounds like a parody of how teenage girls, I mean, it's just shrieking. You know how, like, teenage girls, when they fight... They reach that, like, ear-shattering, high-pitched falsetto shriek. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that the girl got beaten senseless. But the good thing about it, though, is uh, the faces of all the girls doing the beatings, clearly visible. And then they posted it on YouTube and MySpace. So they have, they have managed to successfully prosecute themselves, like, from go. Uh, so that's good. 
So uh, let's hope they were the recipients of some savage beatings of their own. But it is it is like Lord of the Flies. You watch it, it's pretty... And I'm not, I, I don't fall into the, the the category belief that kids are somehow worse now than they used to be. I mean, kids have always been bad, the little hooligans. Uh, but uh, it, but it is it is pretty disturbing to watch. You watch it, and it just seems like you're watching some weird Lord of the Flies thing. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I, I thought I didn't, uh, but then I watched it, and I watched all the way through. And again and again. Yeah, I did. I watched it twice, actually. Just, and they did it for half an hour? The, I guess the full beating was for half an hour. I only saw about three minutes of it at some news station. She lasted a long time, though. Yeah, no, she had she had resilience. <laughs> Usually, kids can't stick to anything these days. <laughs> no follow through. Usually, you can't beat kids for more than five or six minutes when they pass out. She uh, she really had a lot of she had a lot of resilience for her. Good good job. She could take a punch. Mm-hmm. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Mr. T brought a boy out of a coma that he had been in since the mid-80s. Of course he did. The boy had a Mr. T doll, and whenever the name Mr. T was mentioned, the boy's arms moved. Doctors begged Mr. T to stop by in hopes he might be able to tuck the boy out of the coma since the boy seemed to respond when hearing his name. Let's Let's back up for a second. How did they determine that the boy's arms moved? How many times did the word Mr. T come into a conversation just randomly? Well, because he had a Mr. T doll. Oh, he, oh, he oh! I hang on to it since the 1980s. Oh, see, I didn't, I missed that part. Okay, so and then so when Mr. T's voice would come out of the doll, the, the kid, arms moved. The kid would twitch. Yeah. All right. Okay. I don't know to, to what degree, but apparently enough so All that right. it was noticed. The doctors uh, begged Mr. T to stop by the hospital in hopes he might be able to talk the boy out of a coma, since the boy seemed to respond when hearing his name. So it took him like. 20 years to figure this out. Mr. T was in the air and decided to stop by for a visit. Mr. T says, I closed the curtains and prayed. Then when I was walking down the hall, the kid suddenly came out of the coma and hollered out. That was my supernatural moment. Do we know this story is real? I love Mr. T and all, but doesn't this sound is like a made-up story? a reality story? show? Uh, I think he already had one that was canceled. Maybe he's pitching another one. Doesn't this sound like a story that, would, that, it, that a publicist would put out there? That he eventually, at some point, is forced to retract. Like, like the one with Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, like helping those that stranded motorist on the side of the road, like like flagging down the tow truck. That's right. Farm. Yeah. Totally. Well, the other point is, if this boy has been in the coma since the mid '80s, he's no longer a boy. That's true. That's just journalistic inaccuracy, is what that is, Tim. Uh, that was my first thought. Did you see the cover, the picture of Katie Holmes on the cover of the Inquirer? No. Is that the uh, that's the actual version? That's not the lame version that Scott Daly brought in either. That's the real one. No, it, that is this is exactly the sort of story though. This Mr. T thing that a publicist will put out, they will then realize it's crap. He'll retract it, but of course no one will pay attention to the retraction. We've all done our jobs as media lemmings and reported like the fake original story. So uh, look at the cover this week's. Uh, I think it's the Inquirer picture of uh, Katie Holmes. Boy, does she look bad, awful. She looks terrible. And I don't mean just like in a zoned out. She did look really sickly. That's the thing. She looks pale, thin, bad, um, and not just in like a I've been kidnapped by some nutcases kind of way. I mean, it just like just looks really, really terrible. Uh, Rick, I came late to the story you're reading about the boob groper. Are you describing your last listener party? Ha ha z. (laughs) Thanks so much. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, Let's see. The Olympic torch relay in San Francisco has been diverted to a boat. So uh, nobody can blow it out. To avoid thousands of protesters on the street, the torch runner was quickly diverted into a warehouse uh, before the relay began. So, uh, well, this doesn't sound like very much fun after all. No, not at all. Uh, oh, two teenage girls involved in a botch robbery attempt died when the taxi that they were in crashed during a high-speed chase after one teen slashed the cab driver's face. <laughs> 
Wait, is this a Darwin watch? I suppose it is. Here's yeah. your Darwin watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I need all my cap. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one busted us. Don't, don't, don't. Another one busted us. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one busted us. Hey, y'all. My heart just stopped. Ah, there it goes. So these two teenage girls, who think they're very smart, uh, slash a cab driver, and the driver was treated uh, for a minor injury, by the way. So the man, apparently, uh, slammed into a pole with a cab, killing both girls aboard after he was uh, slashed. But he'll be okay. So what does they do? So they robbed a store or something. So anyway... Well, the girls, two 17-year-old girls, flying down the cab and asked to be taken to a nearby housing project where one girl said her boyfriend would come out and pay. Instead, a man shoved a handgun through the uh, taxi window and grabbed a GPS system on the dashboard. Then uh, the taxi driver speeds away, calls po- uh, apparently somebody calls police. One of the females pulls down the box cutter and begins cutting the cab driver, and that's what caused him to crash. Police arrived at the scene as another car reached the crash scene. Uh, and uh, both girls involved in this robbery were killed. So, uh, so they, let me, so they rob the, they rob the taxi driver, slash him. But then he speeds off with them still in the cab. Yeah. And while he is speeding down the road, they decide the best thing to do is to lean into the front of the car and begin sawing on him with a box cutter. Because mm-hmm. that's what you want to do to the guy who is steering the car at a high rate of speed. Yes. He crashes. He lives. They're dead. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. That is, that's great. That's like, uh, that's, that's like, America. That is, it really is like a fire that blows itself out. There you go. There's your doll and watch. Don't, Another one busted us. Don't, don't, Another one busted us. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one busted us. Yeah. Uh, why, hello. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Great. I have to follow those. Thank you, sir. Yes. Um, no pressure. Thank you. <laughs> I was reading a newspaper uh, back about five years ago around Sacramento, Sacramento B, and uh, apparently there was a party, like a, a birthday party, uh, that was, you know, it was a big family get-together, over 40 uh, Mexicans. And I don't know if you know much about Mexican culture, sir, but they are very family-oriented. And apparently a gentleman came by and decided to lure a four-year-old girl away from the party and behind a dumpster to do, you know... To do something sex. inappropriate. Probably. <laughs> So uh, he was found uh, maybe three, four minutes later by two of the uncles of the daughter. Of yeah, the that's daughter. a yeah. You don't. I think really in in even the laxest of families, <laughs> you probably don't want to be caught luring off a four-year-old. Uh, but in any sort of a family or culture where I think uh, togetherness is at a premium, that's probably even more ill-advised. Yeah, not a very smart man. His mugshot picture they posted in the paper: best mugshot ever. Was he just beaten to a pulp? Just so righteously beaten. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> No, no charges were filed. Uh, no assault charges were filed because you know when the cops got there, nobody. I don't know. You. I didn't really see like anything. No, yeah, yeah, we we found him in the alley with every single one of his bones broken. It's the darndest thing. Yeah. I love things. I love things that just sort of work themselves out like that. Excellent. Yeah, best, best news he never got to the girl. So. Thank, got him you. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. That's Thanks. fantastic. Excellent. Well, like there was that story the other day about um, some twelve-year-old kid came home. Found some guy working over his mom, like getting ready, like punching the mom or whatever. And so the kid just took a knife and just stabbed the guy to death right there. And the cops came and were like, well, uh, these things happen. And so there you go. Here's uh, Tim Riley. 
Well, Iraq this year is pumping and exporting more oil than at any other time of the past year. U.S. government auditors expect Iraq to earn $60 billion in oil revenue. You think they could buy their own government and you know military and whatnot with $60 billion. So with oil hitting uh, about $111 a gallon, it could be even more. But when it comes to reconstruction, it's the U.S. taxpayers who are fitting the bill. We've already paid nearly $50 billion to rebuild Iraq. So let me, wait, let me understand this. So since mission accomplished, which was what year? 2000 what? Long time ago. Like 2004, yeah, maybe? I think so. Let's say it's 2005. Give it back for the doubt. So in the three years since the mission was accomplished, we have spent $50 billion in reconstruction. Yes. Yet the amount of oil Iraq has... This year alone. ...in this one year... $60 billion. $60 billion. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, honestly. So it says here Iraq has the money in the bank, and they're having trouble spending it, and their deputy prime minister says people should not be too judgmental. Why are we in Iraq? I don't understand. For honor. honor. People I, respect us around the world. I am really, honestly, not trying to be... We are the be, beacon of liberty. I really, and I, I'm not trying to be flip. I'm really not. I'm honestly asking if anybody in this room knows... I mean, that's the final straw. They have more money in this one year than we have spent in three years to reconstruct. See, if you cannot find yourself uh, like enough duct tape and guns and cops with $60 billion, you're not going to make it as a country. If with $60 billion, you cannot at least start to get your act together. But I think they're afraid to take it off because they could be robbed. <laughs> sitting in front of the ATM machine. <laughs> Siri is gonna Siri is gonna be standing behind them trying to get their pin. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Your your shoes, they are untied. Whack. <laughs> okay, that's a funny image. I ought to be a Ted Rawl type cartoonist. You should. Uh, all right. Uh, it, seriously, I mean, for the love of effing God, that's a. I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because that could be misconstrued in any number of ways. It could be. But seriously, for the love of Christ, what is... What is Should I, I repeat those figures again? Yes, yes, please do. Please do. Iraq has made $60 billion in oil revenue this year alone. Oh. And, and, this year alone. And that's your year alone. And we have spent how much total on reconstruction? Uh, let's see. We spent $50 billion on rubble money. just to move rubble around. <laughs> to be blown up again and again and again. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what we're doing in Iraq? It's like a kid that is not going to eat his lima beans and his and his beets, but just moves them around on the plate in different ways, hoping that when mom and dad check in every now and again, you go, no, 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 we're making progress on the beets and the peas. And you're really just arranging them into different shapes and smaller and smaller piles that are more and more tightly compressed. You're not eating the beets. They're still there. Iraq is just one big pile of beets, Tim. So we're told not to be too judgmental. I'm going to be very judgmental starting today, just today. Today is when it's beginning. I'm going to be, given, to be very judgmental. Can you hand me that story? I'll print it out for you. Right because now. I'm going to bring that up to Lisa tomorrow. Uh, not that I expect her to have a definitive answer in her life, but really, honestly, what the F is that about? Seriously. Jesus. All right. Fine. Whatever. And it's from CNN, by the way. Yeah. I just got a MySpace message from uh, a couple of uh, this morning. I got a MySpace with one of our listeners who's um, listening to us in Iraq. Hi. Uh, and he's lamenting Hello. the fact that he comes back on leave, I think, on, on like three days after the party or something. So that sucks. So uh, you will have to enjoy it's lucky it. lucky they're letting him come back home. Most of these guys have been over there forever. Oh, I don't think it's a permanent coming back home. Oh. I think it's a come back home just long enough to uh, long enough to get yourself a big gulp, and then you get the well, we should have him in when he gets over. back. I believe, yeah, his name is, uh, nah, I forget it now, because there's a couple of those guys in Iraq who listen to us. Um, so in any event, so it, all right, I'm going to quit dwelling. We'll get back. Do I repeat those figures again? No, no, please don't.
Let me talk you, t- tell you about the uh, something attacking in, turkeys in Wisconsin. Is that funny? Is it an amusing story? It is. All right. It's a rib tickler. Uh, turkeys are attacking in Wisconsin, and the mail carriers are taking the blunt of it. Postal workers in Madison have been getting jumped on by wild birds, with one incident including an animal jumping onto the door of a mail truck and scratching the driver's eyes. The Department of Natural Resources say these bizarre attacks are due to turkey breeding season, and the uh, head of a... Uh, oh, apparently... Mail trucks have the same color as turkeys. That's why they're being attacked. Postal workers have an arm with water pistols to protect themselves, but that doesn't work. Now they're carrying long, sharp sticks. A turkey can't look at a truck and figure out it's not a turkey? Maybe they think it's an overweight turkey. That's an animal too stupid to live. I'm sorry. No, poke yeah. it with a stick. That's, that's why they go to the mail that's, that's, that's an animal that ought to be killed and taken out of the well, gene pool right well, now. Most of them are. Oh, all right. Um, let's see here. Um... All right, I'm looking here. Hold on. Hey, here's the wood chipper death somebody just sent us. Yeah, I got that. Really? It's your run-of-the-mill wood chipper death. We've had so many, really. The only thing good about this story, thank you, Mike, who sent this in, is um, it's the subject line, which is, Hey, Rick, here's a dude who has a real chip on his shoulder. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Tony Braxton is recovering after spending a night in the hospital. The singer was admitted to Las Vegas Medical Center uh, Monday night following her concert at the Flamingo Hotel and Casino in Vegas, where she is the headliner. Jenner went testing and was released yesterday afternoon. The 40-year-old singer has spoken publicly about her heart condition, which is called pericarditis, uh, which is an inflammation of the sac uh, surrounding the heart. She tells People Magazine last month she found out ab- about uh, her sac, uh, and uh, she's been uh, diagnosed with hypertension, too. This is what happens to the sac? Uh, let's see. Inflammation of the sac. Uh, she's been a headliner at the Flamingo, replacing Wayne Newton as the casino's headlining act. No one can replace Wayne Newton. Tim. Oh, he should have been replaced like 20 years ago. You know, but is it, isn't it one of those things now where Wayne Newton is, like, he's so far past his prime and Wait, has he become... He has a voice like a garbage disposal being thrown <laughs> Your people continue to pay hundreds of dollars because they've been, they've been finagled to come in. <laughs> I've never really heard anything described that way. And here's the, here's the great thing about that way you just said... Here's great thing what you just said about that um, is that I have no idea what that really sounds like go home in, terms, the in terms of a, but but it makes total sense but at the same time I completely understand because <laughs> now I'm picturing Wayne Newton on stage and him just opening you know just, like you've got a bit like you've got a lemon rind or something and people are all looking at, at each other does he sound like this every night <laughs> yes he's been sounding that way every night for the past 15 years but nobody's noticed They're hanging their heads we paid $145 for these tickets uh, we got to go back to Cedar Rapids no 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 if we stay long enough he'll give us a sweat soaked handkerchief uh, alright let's do one more we'll take a break <laughs> uh, well, as soon as the weather permits, big changes are coming to Cornelius Pass Road. It's about time. The stretch of Cornelius that runs through Multnomah County will become a no-passing zone. The announcement was made at a town hall meeting at Scapoose High School. Senators Betsy Johnson and Bruce Starr attended, as well as Multnomah County representatives. Additional traffic changes could also be installed. Betsy Johnson sounds like a fake name. No, Betsy Johnson's a designer. Is that true? Yeah. Maybe she designs no passing zones, because that's Vera, what she's being... Vera Wang will be there as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, should be passing on their road. Yet they do all the time. Should, it's a, a snaky, mountainy road. As a, as, a final, as a final Wayne Newton observation... I don't, other than Donka Shane, what does Wayne Newton sing? Have you seen Wayne Newton live? 
No. Uh, me either. Well, I, I was told that he has a voice like a garbage disposal. That's why I didn't go. He's sort of like the Danny Gans thing, though, where I wonder, like, what does his act consist of? Danny Gans does impersonation. No, 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 but I mean, I figured that, but, I'm, but in terms of Wayne Newton, like, what? Everybody kind of just knows the Donkey Shane song. What else could he possibly do? I can't imagine he does impressions or juggles or anything. I don't know. I mean, is that a thing? Do you suppose Wayne Newton is one of those things where it is the very definition of you're paying for the name? You know what I mean? Maybe he does like an extended version of Donka Shane. <laughs> he does a club mix. Uh-huh. Here's my 12-inch Donka Shane. That sounded really inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after In the women's swoon. <laughs> Uh, Back after this, don't go anywhere. It's, uh, all right. I only caught the last half of this conversation, by the way. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Here's what's coming up. James Roop will join us from San Francisco. Uh, let's see, what else we got today? Top five. Top five songs that Richie would use were he to become a male stripper. Uh, what? And I'm not making that up. Uh, Tim Riley, bottom of the hour, like us at three. Uh, Don and Mike at uh, seven. Let's see. Um, by the way, before we talk to Sarah Wagner here from upstairs, this email says, Rick, great party idea. I have a brother doing... Just reading this as it came in. Rick, I have a brother doing 15 to 60. That seems rather elastic for a sentence. We have some prison cards for you. That's what he's saying. Oh, yeah. I have a brother doing 15 to 60 in the Nevada State Prison. He always complains he's bored and that I don't write him often enough. If you still have those prison cards, bring him out to the party, have listeners sign them, and I'll send them his way. He's in your target demo. We'll see which one he likes best. So there you go. All right. Sarah Wagner, uh, one of our esteemed account executives from upstairs. So hi, Sarah Wagner. How you hi. doing? Hi. All right. So please now to uh, just give the background on this story that you were telling Sarah and I about. Okay. I don't know if this is going to make great radio or why anyone would be oh, interested, but we'll be the judges of that. I went dancing with my girlfriend Teresa. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I was not that intoxicated when this happened. We're only a couple beers into it at this point, and I've seen this girl like power down an entire bottle of vodka. So an entire bottle. Wow. Don't. Remember that water bottle? That oh, was yeah, that was a water bottle. Sure, sure it was a water bottle? <laughs> a water bottle. <laughs> Did you get it out of Richie's trash? <laughs> um, anyway, so I went out dancing and went home and went to bed, nothing peculiar. And then yesterday I gave an email from a gentleman that I supposedly gave my card to, and I have no recollection. That you gave your number to or your card, card to? My business card. W- was it at a work uh, email address? Yeah, he emailed me at work. So it, and what did he say in the inside email? Well, I, I do rem- I do recall someone asking me what I did for a living and me making a joke about possibly being a stripper. And he, he re- it that's was a weird thing I to know. joke about. See, this isn't good radio. And I'm it's like when you drink, the inner person kind of comes out. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not. 
I don't, I don't remember. The weird thing is I called my girlfriend who I was with and, and only remember talking to her that evening. I, I literally don't remember speaking to I, anyone else. Go you know, she did not remember this I know, either. I know we'll get to Jim, we'll get to Jim up here in just one second, but let me bottom line this. Is there any other way this guy would have gotten your email address? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's tons of ways to get it. It's did not he, like I keep reference? my... Does it seem that the most likely way is that you were drunk and gave it to him and don't remember it? <laughs> it does seem the most likely by, way. But... By definition, if you were drunk enough to give a guy a card, you would also be drunk enough to maybe not remember it and now be vociferously denying that it happened. <laughs> it's not... I would never do that. I don't ever give my number out, first of all. Is a 15-year-old from Missouri? Can I, can I, can I bottom line this also and say that the, the guy's name is Matt Peterson? And, but we determined it's not the Matt Peterson. No, the other Matt Peterson. Yeah, well, that's how I got roped into the uh, getting on the air and talking about this anyways you guys thought it was an old producer because yeah because all you said i don't know his name was matt peterson so and he was kind of quirky and funny in his email so i don't think he's totally crazy what did he reference did he reference like what you were wearing on saturday no or? he referenced that i his, he said here's the email i promised you after i met you on saturday and i was <laughs> like what i like baffled i have no idea i have no recollection of this did you like drop your purse at some point and maybe like your card fell out no, I keep my cards in like a little container. There's no way unless uh -huh. I went in to get it. There's no way. I don't know. Anyway, I'll keep you Let posted. Let us know how that works out. Are you going to write him back? He asked me to go for a drink. <laughs> well. Do it and then I'll sit in the corner and um and guard for you. What if he's a killer, a crazy killer? Well, mm -hmm. that's the end of me. Then this will be the last time anybody uh, heard your voice. So right. say goodbye to Sarah. <laughs> All right, thank you. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN radio correspondent Jim Roof in San Francisco, where life is crazy. Hey, it's just this is the nuttiest thing I've ever seen, and I've seen nutty. So I, I tell you, man. So I'm sorry to mean to step on you. Just for people who don't know, I just saw on CNN television just moments ago. So they have got police lining all the streets there where the this Olympic runner is going to be going. Right? That's not even the weird part, man. The weird part is the uh, and this joint's packed with people. The torchbearer takes the, the, the flame, they take the torch, she runs down off the stage and makes a quick right turn behind the stage into some warehouse. And, I mean, <laughs> she, she didn't go up the driveway to the Embarcadero where thousands of people are lined up. She goes back to this warehouse. Several minutes later, there's a police boat docked behind this warehouse at Pier 48 here. And, uh, and several minutes later, dozens of vehicles come tearing out of this warehouse and out of the compound. We don't know if the torch was in there. Oh, they're waiting to put it in that boat. We have no idea. Then all of a sudden, everybody's standing around here, you know, with their thumbs somewhere else. And and, and we see the uh, chopper shot of finally one of these full camera uh, vehicles about a mile off route. And they stop at Venice and Pine. I think you may know where that is, mm -hmm. uh, the Rick. Yeah. And then a the couple of torchbearers get out, and now they're going to run. And, and But here's the weird thing. The weird thing is... There is no danger because there's no people. There's no people, so why run the damn torch? That's my question. Why I, even do this at this point? It's just it's the most ridiculous thing. I'm waiting for OJ to show up. Well, and at some point, it does seem like this is really serving the protesters pretty well. Because, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like China does have a great record of human rights or anything. So if they wanted to get attention drawn to this whole weirdness, this is certainly having that effect because it's just, it is it has become a huge imbroglio. I mean, it's become a huge sort of cluster F. 
and not just that, but the money. I mean, look at the resources. There's more going on here than if it was a papal visit. And this is just fire. It's not even good fire. It's a piece of a fire. You can't warm yourself to it. You can light your cigar with it, but that's about it. And yet all this hoopla over this thing is just nutty. I don't know who's going to be paying for this. I hope that the International Olympic Committee, because of the taxpayers in California are going to be ticked off if their utility bill goes up because of all this. Well, that's what I just on CNN was looking at the shot where it's just it seems like every cop in the country is there. Oh, I know. It's just it's the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. There was just, I mean, hundreds upon hundreds of blue-clad, uniformed officers in riot gear marching out of here. Then they then they uh, go back to the warehouse and jump into these vehicles, speed out of here along with the limousine buses. That uh, in which the torch arrives, and we all guess the torch or the flame anyway. The torch didn't, but the flame takes off with it, and then it, it pops out at Fanass and Pine. Wait, what now, the hell for? Well, now I don't even understand. What is the difference between the torch and the flame? Well, the flame is kept in a little box, and the torch is just lit with the flame. So when they extinguish the torch, the eternal flame is still lit in the box. They light the torches from this from this little thing that the flame is kept. It's like a little tabernacle of some kind. This is, I was just going to say, this is like that, that candle we had at Catholic Church that we were never supposed to allow to go out. Yeah, the vote of the, the vigil candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Outside the tabernacle, yeah. But i, I got to tell you, man, it's just, it's just, and so there's thousands of people here all standing around going, what do we do now? By the way, all of this, if I remember correctly, is being done to preserve a tradition that it was, I believe, started by Adolf Hitler, was it not? That's what I understand. Yeah, so, so you know. Just, it's just crazy. Uh, Jesus. All right. It's beautiful stuff. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you wade back into the frigs. I know it's a, it's a big. It's a big deal. So, it's a, when are you back to uh, to the city? When are you back to L.A.? Uh, tonight I leave. Um, I got a six o'clock flight, so I just hope the hell this thing ends so I can make my flight home. Well, somebody told me that they're going to be doing the rest of it by like they're going to be transporting it by water or something like by boat. Well, there was a, there was a boat dock back there, but it's not. It, they, they, they either that was a diversion or they were trying to figure out how they wanted to do it. One of the two. But they wound up leaving in several vehicles, and that's how they got to Van Ness and Pine. Interesting. All right. Uh, so, well, yeah, we'll get a kind of a, a full decompressed uh, recap your next day back in uh, Los Angeles, sir. So, uh, Very cool. All right. Avoid swinging truncheons. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There you go. When in doubt, say, I am not resisting arrest. Jesus. Yeah, did you see the thing on television? No, I didn't. It's crazy. I mean, it's like it looks like, uh, it looks like a, a, a riot. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of cops. All were just some nitwit to run around with. A, and I, I didn't know that they kept the fire in a box or something. Yeah, that's strange. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, this email says, hey, you know, Sarah Wagner asks for a lot of things when she gets a few drinks in her. Not that I know anything. <laughs> Should I say who this is from? Totally. Aaron. So. Aaron is always running his mouth. He's an instigator. What does she, what does she ask for? I just love the idea. See, you don't want to ask that. I love the idea, though, that it was a guy named Matt Peterson. That really was that just That is a, hilarious. And so she thinks that she remembered his... Um, his email address, so I typed it into the space, uh-huh. and it showed up as like a 15-year-old boy from Missouri. Well, okay. What are you doing on your weekend, Sarah? Seriously. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> so here's what we got. We got. Uh... Okay, Sarah. I'll let you choose here. Okay. Um, as the navigator of the program, uh, here's what we got. Uh, Tim's going to come at the bottom of the hour. Uh, more news. We got the uh, Richie's top five songs that he will strip to. Uh, betwixt now and then. Uh, we have your choice. We can do. I can read this this list. Some guy sent me a long, long list of other top fives we ought to do. Uh, he sent me a list of 25 different top five suggestions that we could go through and rate. I have a. On what kind of scale? Well, just whether we want to do them or not. Okay. Uh, like yes, no, maybe. 
Uh, I have a question about the Internet, something the kids are doing. Or uh, we can uh, talk about our reading list because there's an article out now about America's favorite books. And we have people asking for us to once and for all do our reading list. Your choice. Let's not do the reading list today. Let's do the no-brainer. Which is? The list. The list. The uh, top five list. Okay. So uh, this is from Mark. And Mark said, hey, here's some suggestions for top fives for you. Uh, Number one, top five. I wonder now as I'm doing this, if this is going to be interesting at all. Uh, Top five weather-related songs. I think we've done that. Yeah. Top five guitar solos. We've done that. Top five songs that remind you of summer. That's not bad. Let me uh, put a check mark next to that. Uh, let's We've see. done that. Have we? Yeah, but not for a couple of years. Top five acts that scared you as a child. That's good. You know, there used to be songs that would freak me out. I'm going to tell you one right now. A song that freaked me out when I was a kid uh, was Talking in Your Sleep by the Romantics. I don't know why. Hmm. I would hear it. And it seemed like I would always wake up and hear it at about 2 a.m. on the clock radio next to my bed. And the song would just terrify me for some reason. Uh, top five rock bands that look like girls. Okay. Uh, top five 80s one-hit wonders, top five epic movie themes, top five underrated acts of the 90s. I like that one. Top five. I like that. See, because this is the thing, like, assembly, as we discovered yesterday, actually assembling the top five and doing it is actually fairly easy. It's just sort of coming up with the, I'm just not a good idea person. I mean, I can sort of execute ideas. There's the coming up with the ideas. That's that's the weak point. Uh, Top five songs that have an article of clothing in the title. Uh, Let's see. Top five U2 songs. No. Top five songs that profusely use a cowbell. All right. Check. Uh, let's see. I like the cowbell. Top five. Uh, let's see. Top five live artists. Top five acts named either Tom, Bob, or Michael. Mm. All right. Uh, but this actually prompts another one in my head. Top five. Let's see. Top five live versions. How do I put this? Yesterday we did the top five songs that became famous through cover versions. We should do top five songs whose definitive versions are live. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, like Man Who Sold the World. You're not interested in this at all, are you? No, I am. So you're completely... I totally <laughs> am. I'm sitting here listening. No, I just I just prepped this song to play in the break. I'm no, sitting here listening. Because no, I got about halfway through it, and I realized that even in the back of my head, I was just kind of going to... A listener sent me an interesting top five, but I don't even know how to say this without <laughs> sounding completely self-involved. No, no, no. Go ahead and say like it. We all, like we don't already. Um, no, a listener sent me a top five songs with the um, title, with Sarah in the title. And now, have we ever done that? I don't think so, because I've, I haven't heard a couple of these songs. All right, so I'm going to write this one. Top, top five. And he wrote, uh, like, a description for each one. It's uh, Randy in Las Vegas. Top five definitive live versions. Now, tomorrow, uh, live. Tomorrow, are you going to do the top five embarrassing songs from your record collection? Can, you know, I was going through my records yesterday, and I think I got rid of a lot of my really embarrassing ones. Um, But I still could do it. We could punt, or we could do something else. You think on it. Let me okay. know. If you, let me know if you want to. I'll do, do it. a top five of some sort tomorrow. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's just get a couple of these uh, calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Rick, Sarah, Tim, what's up? What's up? Hello. Uh, top five suggestion. How about uh, top five songs that had cuss swear words in them that used to be played on the air regularly until the FCC started their crackdowns? Well, I think we've had that discussion before. I don't know if I'd actually want to play those because then it requires the beeping and then. Blah, 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 whatever. Um, So, uh, but we have actually had that discussion before. Uh, The biggest one, and we could actually do top five songs that have profanity that nobody ever notices. I could uh, could list all of those songs right now. Mm. I won't, though. Uh, because, no, you don't want to screw us. (laughs) And here here at CBS Radio Portland, uh, we are a big family with many formats. 
Uh, and most of the songs that immediately come to mind are played by at least one of our sister stations. So Roger that. I, uh, I will say, though, that there are a lot of songs played on the radio still today that have profanity that if you know when to listen is loud and clear, mm-hmm. but that somehow people inexplicably miss. That's so. what makes them cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Later, brother. All right. There you go. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Rick, Mike Chase. Mike Chase. Oh, how are Mike. you, brother? How you doing? How are things? How's life? Very good. Um... Uh, so this morning, I heard you talk about Matt Peterson a second ago, and uh, for those who don't know, Matt used to be a producer on your show, and now he works for me or with me. And uh, this morning, Amy said something pretty funny that I thought you could uh, you could kind of build into your lexicon there. Yes. She called me a, she called me a geek tease because uh, yesterday Matt and I were watching the uh, trailer for Speed Racer. Uh-huh. And I was showing it to Amy, and I go, it's kind of vibrant. The colors are kind of cool. Look at this thing. And she's not really into it. But Matt was sure into it, man. He just went off. He started going... Man, I love Speed Racer. I've got like all the DVDs, and I got this special deluxe edition. He just—he went way over my head. Now I was the one that brought up Speed Racer to begin with, therefore I baited him. But the minute he started kind of going to the next level of, of fandom for the Speed Racer, you I, became completely disinterested. I, I pretty much sold him out. Yeah, I pulled the rug out from him. I said, "Yeah, whatever, Matt." So I just kind of walked out. And, and so Amy goes, "Hold on a second, you bastard! You called him. You're—you're you're the one that brought it up." You're a geek tease. You're a total geek tease. Like, I, I, I take people to a certain point, and then I abandon them. Okay, that's pretty great. No, I'm going to write that down. Now, are you sure that this isn't a phrase that you're sure this is a phrase you want to be using on, on your own radio program? It came up once, and it was, it was fine. I, I wouldn't want to make a habit of it. That's why I'm passing it on to you. And now, little man, I give the phrase to you. Geek All right. tease. Nice. All right. Top Ge- five phrase. What about top five songs that were written by dudes who were famous singers in their own right but never sang that actual song? Uh, example, please. Uh, Bruce Spring, I think he, Bruce Springsteen and the Blinded by the Light or, or Willie Nelson wrote, you know. Crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay, no, 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 there's something there. Uh, or like, uh, um, uh, God, who's the guy that, uh, who wrote All the Young Dudes? David Bowie, right? Yeah. And David Bowie wrote it but didn't sing it. Yeah, All right, okay, no, there's something there. No, there's a little germ of a, there's an acorn there. I could grow something out of that. Uh, do you, let me ask you this. Uh, do you, A, want to be credited beyond today's appearance for Geek Tees, B, not wish to be credited, or C, wish to be credited for an indefinite period of time? It, it's Amy's credit. It's not mine. I can't take credit for it. So uh-huh. I'm sure she would like to be credited for a limited amount of time, and then I think it just should pass off into the ether. All right, so any time mm-hmm. that I use this in the next week, I will credit Amy uh, uh, for uh, for creating this phrase, and then after that it shall pass into the common lexicon. Right, right, right. <laughs> See, then you just did that. I can hear it right there. You just did it again. Where yeah, I was whatever, Rick. talking. Whatever. Against... <laughs> All right, <laughs> thank you. i got to go open a bag of potato chips. I'll see you later. All right, bye, Mike Chase. There you go. That's uh, Mike Chase. Does it seem to let me ask you this? Oh, here we go. What? Oh no no nothing. We're gonna say that it seems like a lot of Entercom employees listen to us. Well, no, that's true. That's a given. Yeah. That, that just doesn't even bear repeating at this point, Sarah. It's so obvious. Uh, although it does, let's be let's repeat it. Boy, it seems like everybody in Entercom listens to us. Um, oh, by the way, I emailed back the guy, the the mystery. Um, I showed it to Susan. Boy, you don't ever want to get on Susan's bad side uh, because Susan. Let me just tell you, when Susan decides that someone is. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to make Susan sound like a bad person. You know, I love Susan. She's great. We, we, One of the best people I've ever worked with, and I mean that sincerely. But I'm just saying, she does not pull punches. And when when the switch flips in her head that you are, uh, you know, a slacker, obnoxious, don't pull your weight, you know, ungrateful, incompetent, taking up air, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
that there's just no going back. I mean, once once you're in that column with her, uh, but she and she bottom lines it too. Anyway, so I I read her the email from this this guy had emailed us, and he had said, um, I can't tell you who I am because I'm currently a full time. No, that air really irritated me too. With one of Portland's top radio stations, so of course I can't give you my name. But do you have any job openings? And we went back and forth about whether we thought it was a gag or somebody who was over who was employed in radio but was overstating their own position or or whatever. And and I took it and I, I handed it to Susan. I said, read this email. And I said, uh, you know, and the and the guy had ended the email with like, you know, I'd love to hear your answer either way. And Susan just sort of Susan goes, I'll give you my answer. Go f yourself. <laughs> and then it was like, and then she just turned back to her computer and started typing. Like there was just no no fooling around. Um, no, what Tim and I are talking about is, it's, yeah, it's just kind of irritating. I sense there's more. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, that, that that person just assumes, like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'm casually interested in your radio program. If I if I feel like it, maybe I should, like, try and apply for a job. I mean, I already have a full-time gig, so it's not a big deal. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it's no skin off my nose. Maybe oh, a nice hobby like stamp collecting or scrapbooking. I mean, maybe I could uh, maybe I could move over to your, uh, your little company there and do some work. I don't know. Let me know if you're interested. So I sent him back. Uh, I don't have it with me, I don't think. Maybe I do. I might have actually saved the response. Let's see if I have it. If not, I'll just sort of recreate it. Oh, here we go. Here's what I said. Um, because the other thing we pointed out is he had in this email, he said, um, he said, you know, um, Portland Radio is a small community, Rick. Because he goes on and on about how uh, he, he's not punking us and he is not a fake whatever. And it's real. And he said, uh, as for the whole not giving you my name thing, Portland Radio is a small community. I know you wouldn't say anything, but I have no idea who might walk by and see an email and then go rat to my boss that I'm looking for something new. If there are openings, I absolutely plan to properly introduce myself and submit application materials oh, professionally. I hate the way that's written. Seriously. And, and so what I told Susan is... You dealt with that a lot longer than I would have. And because I was sort of interested, like it was just, like clearly it's going to go nowhere, but I was sort of intrigued by it. And as I told Susan, as I think I said on the air, the only reason you would not give your name is because you are, sometimes in a contract, it says... I agree during the terms of this contract to not actively seek employment elsewhere. In other words, you know, while we're paying you, you're not going to spend your time looking for another gig at a competitor. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, you shouldn't be contacting me anyway. So what I told the guy is, this is what I emailed back. I said, oh, there's Susan. We'll talk to Susan in a second. Well, let's get Susan now, then I'll tell you my response. Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru. Hi. Hello. Hey. Well, I was going to say, don't speak ill of me, but I realize you were saying, you know, we're all really busy. And you know what? And you are a professional. You are a no-nonsense, uh, very honest kind of person. Yeah, and so, you know, like I, like you were saying, when I when I sort of check the box like that person is, is done here, then I really have moved on. Yeah. I don't see any reason to waste any more emotion you know, because we have so much going on uh, that, you know, if somebody has said, I don't want to be here, if they show it through their actions, then goodbye. Yeah, that's, then that's my thing. Yeah, I'm certainly not trying to make you sound, yeah, like you're harsh or whatever. It's just that, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to do, a lot, a lot of plates to keep spinning at all time, and if somebody's just a waste, like, you know, move on. Exactly. Now, this guy, to me, this is just arrogance, you know, without giving his name, because he's what, too, too, he, I don't know. I don't like making Rick have to actively seek him out. No, like, no, no, oh. please, please, I, I demand that you send a resume to air check now. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, oh, hey, you know what? Let's just hire this dude's site unseen. Yeah. So, I mean, really, meanwhile, there's, you know, I can list off several people in the building that are working like 600 hours a week desperately trying to, you know, like to do whatever needs to be done and to help out in whatever way possible. Um, so this is what I sent back. I said, um, 
Well, we're evenly split about whether A, this is a wacky radio stunt, B, you're someone lower in the hierarchy who's trying a novel way to learn of openings elsewhere, or C, other. In any event, if there even were such an opening, that would almost certainly result in you sending your resume, which is, you know, a heck of a lot more likely to be spotted by somebody than your name in an email. And since sending a resume obviously wouldn't in any way uh, even guarantee an interview, much less a job, you will at some point have to just plunge on ahead with that risk, or not, your choice. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, and if you feel like sending me your name at some point, please do. If not, best of luck with your career slash gag slash radio show slash bit whatever. So, there you go. Wow. So that was my response. Well, that was really quite a response, and I think way more than he deserved. Well, but, and, but, but I have now, but see, it took me a lot longer than it would you, but I have now washed my hands. Well, we, we were also talking about how the angry email, <laughs> you have to write it about 15 times yeah. and delete it before you actually find something you would send. No, because you do that same thing I do, where when something happens or someone is, you know, there's some problem you have to deal with, and the first response that you type out of your, it's like completely unsendable. Oh, completely. Because it's like, dear bastard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dear a hole who is wasting my time and making my job difficult, and then you and then you write it, delete it, right, and each time you scale it down, scale it till finally it gets to finally the email is, let's meet a network to solve this problem and see how we can effectively move forward. You know, and thanks so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I uh, but I always call somebody in to read my first few scathing versions because yeah. I take some delight in that. Yeah, dude, tell me is this too malicious and cruel? <laughs> All right. All right, Susan Reynolds. Oh, All more right. fun at the office place, huh? Thank you, Susan. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, there we go. Susan Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen. we got a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley and then Richie's top five stripping songs and stuff. All right, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Grace, I guess, by Richie's. I stepped out into the hallway to go to the bathroom just now, and I ended up not doing it, but I... Just stepping out of the hallway, I could smell the cologne from what I'm presuming is his office, like way down the hall. So, uh, top five songs to which Richie would strip were he a male dancer. I understand he's brought a costume for this. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, this is your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. American Airlines flights have resumed at PDX after morning cancellations. Over 1,000 flights were canceled nationwide. Alaska took some planes out of circulation, and apparently things go back to normal. Nobody's saying uh, if they're still going to be doing this tomorrow, but they're inspecting the MD-80s for wiring problems. I don't know if people are stealing the wires and selling them at scrap metal yards or what the problem is. But Also out of Canada comes word, a 43-year-old man suffered serious injuries after being impaled by a metal bar outside an elementary school. He was able to tell officers he was a victim of robbery and climbed a tree to get away from the suspects. But things just got worse. Uh, apparently, he climbed the tree and then uh, slid down and ended up with a steel bar about eight inches up his anus. Uh, the man is being questioned, but he's in a lot of pain right now, but he's <laughs> expected to survive. How did this happen? <laughs> really? It's Canada, and too. I didn't really expect the, uh, the anus part. I didn't really see that coming. No. No, nope. and neither did he, apparently. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Well, fat kids will no longer be allowed to ride on donkeys. These new laws are being brought up across the UK. That'll stop any child weighing more than a certain weight from riding on the back of a donkey. What's the weight? It says eight stone, whatever that is. That is weight? No, no, no. That is uh, a hundred and... I used to know, 112 pounds, I think. It's, that's a stone, 14 pounds? Yes. So I think it's 112 pounds. So these people may no longer ride donkeys. 
At the end of the day, it's cruelty to animals. The donkey rules were issued last week in a code of practice drawn up by American Welfare and the Donkey Sanctuary. It is endorsed by the British Equine Vets Association. They're designed to uh, standardize the level of care and welfare given to donkeys across Britain. Hey, by the way, does anybody have Richie's top five printed out? I don't think so. Because I no. don't. Uh, Richie, you'll need to bring that in with you uh, so that Tim can, uh, can count it down. I'll print it right now. I've All right, it. thank you. All right, uh, Richie, do you want to enter the... Uh, I guess do you want to get that off Becca's printer and then and then enter the studio, uh, presuming you can even hear me. I'm sure he can. There, okay. Richie, he's walking to. Uh, I just saw him come into the hall. So he's walking to Becca's printer. Do you have the top five with you? Why do you have a duffel bag with you? It's a stripper bag. Oh, yeah, sweet feet? lord. Well, Richie, will you grab those? E- I those... one prop for each song. You brought props. <laughs> okay. Wow. Really okay. Can your... you? Can you smell that? I can't really smell right oh, now. Oh, man, be glad. Sex, sex Panther. <laughs> Is he wearing Sex Panther? He's wearing something. I mean, I guess I guess maybe that's part of the stripper, uh, stripper thing. He's, uh, it's, oh, okay, oh, that just hit me. Overdose. And see, that's, that's with your, seconds. And with your diminished sense of smell, you can still smell it. Yeah. Richie's wearing a lot of something today. Too much. Yes, he is. Um... Well, maybe he's going to the plaid to try and woo that girl again. Uh, let's take a random call here. I don't think she's going to be... And, well, she might be wooed by Sex Panther. She seems like she might be. I don't know any girl who's wooed by cologne, you know? Not me either, actually. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I think she might be wooed by a pack of smokes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, uh, Rick, Kim, and Sarah. Hello. Hi. Hello. This is Matt Houston. How are we doing? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> the best part is how you said this, you gave your name and then waited for, like, accolades. Yes, I did. Try it again. This is Matt Houston. Hey, yeah. The Matt Houston? <laughs> no. Is it really no. him? Hello? No. No, but usually you, you ask me if that's my real name. Not anymore. Fantastic. Anyway, uh, you were you were wondering about Wayne Newton? Sure. And I, I've seen Wayne Newton 15 times, and I can answer a lot of questions about him. Tim, what are your questions about Wayne Newton? <laughs> How old is he saying? He sings like crap now. He uh, he sounds like he's uh, chewed on broken glass and then has been like a garbage uh, disposal. So it's sort of sort of like a so now it's now sort of like a Wayne Newton channeling Tom Waits. Exactly. Right. Except he except uh, Wayne Newton um, has actually Tom Waits blows. Nobody really likes Tom Waits, but a lot of people like Wayne Newton. I'm not touching that one. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, yes. Other thoughts, sir. Mm, that's it. I love you all. <laughs> we love you too. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your top five. Five, four, three, two, one. Do you ever wonder if the people fire. we talk to in the show are this crazy in their real lives? Like, does that guy act. I'm not complaining, he's very amusing. But does he act that way all the time? Does he end conversations at work with, and I love you? Like when the Xerox guy comes in to I fix don't the person? I think he sounded crazy. No, but no, not as. But you know, there are people who call us who sound flat out nuts, right? I think that we just kind of spread the crazy. Is that the thing? But do we bring it out of people? Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> all right. So what we have here are the oh top my five God. Richie stripping songs. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You've, got to, you've got to move over here so I can see you, Richie. Okay, here's what Richie has. Richie has a big pillow with an R on it, a sparkly R. Why do you own a pillow that... Oh, my God, he has scarves. It's part of his repertoire. And beads. Okay, what... It's... Silk ribbons? Are you really going to be perform... No, I was just... Okay, so... He has a different... Uh, costume. Richie is. We had this idea that seemed good at the time, where Richie would do the top five songs to which he would strip were he a male dancer. 
I didn't really know you had props. I think we were sort of joking about that. So <laughs> there's a large pillow that has a big sparkly R on it. Uh, there's a bunch of silk, pink silk ribbons, and a bunch of uh, like. And we're not kidding. This like, was like right in front of us. A whole bunch of Mardi Gras beads, and then one of those like. Good lord! I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And, and like a cop helmet, like one of those like a sex cop. Why, why do you why why, why do you have do, that? Why do you have that? I can't here? Even well, talk. The song comes up, I'll show you. Yeah. Are these it. songs all clean? Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. All right, all right. This looks like the garb of a Republican politician. Seriously, get me. Oh, we haven't finished. <laughs> get your Larry Craig on. Okay. What is your? Oh, good God. No. Oh my I... God. Oh my God, Richie. Look. Oh no, Richie. Why are? There are no words. There are no words. Hold on. Hold on. We have to have somebody else describe this. We we... Have to, let's get Sarah Wagner. I was just going to say, let's get Sarah Wagner. Can you guys talk here amongst yourselves yes, for a second? Yes, go get her. Um, what am, I, what am I supposed to do? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm going to get Sarah Wagner. You have to amuse yourself with something. Um, I have, I'll play a song. All right. Okay. Play um, a song of your choice. Okay. <laughs> I have that this, that one song we were talking about queued up. Let's play it. So we'll just go ahead and play that. What is the that. song? It's uh, The Bangles. Oh, The Bangles. I remember playing this. Oh, yeah? A little over What's 20 years ago on the new 92.7 FM. And you still hit that post. You're damn right. <laughs> I could still do it if I had to. I really like this song. I've tried to sing it karaoke, but it's too high. Do you like this song, Richie? Uh, you feel cold? You want me to, you know, turn up the heat a little? This would be for, <laughs> this would be for slow. I'm cold. a bit sliding. Oh, I'm a bit nipply. Oh, God. Why do you even own that shirt? Well, I've only worn it once. I bought well, it. Why did you buy it? I thought it was cool. Did I mean, you wear it to the um, adult play no, thing? No, I didn't think about that. Close your eyes. Close your eyes, Sarah. Walk in and shut your eyes. We're not going to Okay. Now, Sarah, it's not what you consider. Does Mike 3 work yet? No. So walk this way, Sarah. Follow her. All right. Now, Sarah, yeah. keep walking forward here. Hold on. Okay. All right. There's the microphone. Okay. Okay. Open your eyes, but look straight ahead. Hi. We're, we're going to have Hi. you look at something in a second, and I want you to describe it, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Now, please turn to your left. Take off your, please don't. You've got to take off your jacket, Richie. Oh, God. What are you doing? Oh, God. Yeah, I can see your nipples, oh, Richie. It's disgusting. <laughs> okay, yeah. please, to de- please to describe Richie's outfit. It's terrifying and um, shiny and see-through. <laughs> and it looks tattered. Like, it's it's been worn one too many times, maybe. It does look like the sparkles rubbed off a little. And it's stretchy, and it smells like cigarettes. So. <laughs> Why do you own this shirt, Richie? Uh, yeah. Good question. For you didn't easy say you didn't say a party. You said you bought it because you thought it looked cool. It, it looked cool, and I was going to wear it to this party, and I did. And, and I what kind of party was this? Uh, it was a rave. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so no, you know, yeah. No, there's no point in covering yeah, up now. Just take off. Just take off. Just take off your hoodie thing. There's no he point in. He's like wearing a scarf over his nipple. nipple. Okay, please take, at it. take off your scarf, please. Okay. All right. So this, there are no words to describe no. this. By the way, too. we're never going to get to the actual top five today, so I'm Sam with that. Let's just we'll we'll revisit this again tomorrow, <laughs> unbelievably. So he's got confetti hanging from his hair, also from the shirt. Metal. Okay, yeah, so it's, it's glitter. 
It's metal. No, it's metal. See, see the oh, wow. So this is a... Uh, metal weaved into your shirt. You're wearing a weaved metal seat No, and it's coming out as like tinsel. It's that like, doesn't seem like it's yeah. been worn once, my friend. That seems no, like it's that been is, worn. That, that seems like that's a weekend warrior. That's in the closet. It was in the closet. I don't... <laughs> just like, not, not anymore. Um, <laughs> so... That is a fancy... Is, is it more sparkly on the back? So this is a black mesh see-through shirt into which, into the fabric of which tinsel, like strands of tinsel are woven. And yes, Richie, as, to answer your repeatedly asked question, yes, through which we can see your nipples. He knows it. Where did you buy this shirt? Uh, I think was it, oh, what's that place called? At the mall? Gen X. Clothing? They did not buy it at the mall. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is not a shirt you, but Where? Forever right. 21. It's <laughs> no, a Forever 21 shirt. Leathers and studs and Spencers? I... Leathers and studs. And I missed that store, unfortunately. I don't believe Spencer sells leathers and studs. Things remembered. <laughs> I actually just went to Spencer's yesterday. It almost seems like a bunch of Playboy. Yeah, it's, yeah it's just a bunch of Kiss bobblehead dolls did, at that did store. Did you actually wear it to the rave? Yeah. All night? No. Oh. Let's go through these. I cannot believe... That you own, and that has been worn multiple times. That is times. not a one that, dude, <laughs> dude, it's coming unraveled. The fabric is coming, is wearing That's itself away. It That's, That's been loved. That's been loved like my boys to men's CD would love. <laughs> I, I hope you're. I don't know what you do with your CDs. <laughs> If by love you mean rubbed up against no. vigorously. <laughs> yeah, there's some abrasion going on. <laughs> uh, by the way, just to, to, to answer the question that everybody's thinking, yes, we will be posting a photo of this. Um, uh, so, uh, the and uh, can I ask you a question? Why did you just keep unveiling your nipple to me when I walked in? Like, why? <laughs> just like why would you boo? only just you just like stretch the shirt over your brown nipple and kept pointing at it? it and do really you see bizarre. why we had to have somebody else come in to describe this? We it was like sensory overload. Yeah. Um. So uh, now also you have a a pillow with a big sparkly R on it, uh-huh. Mardi Gras beads, <laughs> some pink. Are those silk or satin? Uh, close enough. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're satin. And pink satin ribbons. What were you going to do with the ribbons? And like a cop helmet. Demonstration? Well, for number four, I believe. Well, we'll have to. <laughs> Lucky us, we'll get to do this again tomorrow. And then also uh, a hat. This is like something like a sex cop would wear. Like the hot cops. <laughs> right? This is for number two, yes. You've been found guilty of extreme sexiness or whatever. And then he like flogs you. Extreme. So how many of these things uh, did you already own and they were just like laying around? All of them? Yeah. <laughs> of Why do you even ask that? Uh, well, because I was giving him a plausible, like, an out, so to speak. Okay. I was giving him, so, I was giving him wait, the opportunity number, to say... Which who, props are number three? No, no, no. My brother was visiting me. Remember how Scotty tried to delude himself about his brother and his brother's friend who both have assless chaps? So, um, I was trying to give Richie some sort, of a, some sort of an out where he could say, No, no, no. A guy came to stay with me for a week uh, on his way to somewhere else and left these behind. Or whatever. Or, you know... Well, he doesn't hold or back. Timmies. He's like, hey. Or, you know. Who would be sitting on the R pillow? <laughs> that's a good question. What is the R pillow used for? Uh, that's for number four, I believe. No, no, no. I mean the in your home. Dance. In your home. The oh, floor dance? It's... The floor dance? Yeah. She could put what her kind head of right floor here? dance? Wait, what? <laughs> what? No, no, no. She laid on the floor and put her head on my R pillow. Maybe you go back. <laughs> uh, Tim is just running. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest news man in the history of the... Sorry. Back at four, five, six, and seven. Top of the air all the way through like us. Um, so, no, no, no. In your real life, this R-pillow is used for what? Oh, I got two of them, and 
They're in the car. Oh, yeah, for a little R and R. They're used in. The... You keep those in oh, your car. Well, you keep car, so yeah. much random stuff in your car, like expired condoms and pillows, <laughs> and see-through shirts. <laughs> but I mean, do, now do these pillows live in your car? Keeps getting. Uh, they used to my old car. <laughs> okay, but I mean, where were they before they were here at the station today? Uh, where did you get them to bring them in today? In my stripper bag. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, are these things you have on your bed at home yeah, or wh- in your what is their, Where is their home at? Where do they live? In your life. Where do they live? They're in the closet. I got so much stuff that in the closet. all over in the closet. Mm-hmm. Were the silk ribbons in the closet? Did you have they that made the for you now. or did you just find the pillow with an R on it? I found the pillow with an R on it. Really? Honestly? Yeah. All right. Did you? I, I, I think I've run out of questions. I don't even really know. I can't stop staring at your nipples. I'm sorry. I really, honestly, I can't. It's like they're tractor beams for my for my vision you somehow. Should, yeah, he'll he'll cover Here, them for a scarf back. I'll cover your nipples. Very ladylike. Have you no shame? I uh, I have nothing. Um, Sarah or yeah, Sarah? I have something. Yeah. Daddy, um, who? Yeah, seriously, really, honestly. Um, I don't even know where to go with this. I, I think we have to break. We. Thanks for bringing me down. For this. <laughs> I'm glad you get. Thanks for taking one for the team. Put a song on. <laughs> no, just kidding. Did you it, find out who your hot date was? Do your beads have like yet. a little hiking crampon thing so you can put it on your belt? Yeah, for dispensing beads. For dispensing beads. Is that a thing you do a lot? <laughs> on Mardi Gras. Uh huh. Have you ever ever actually gotten a woman to show you her breast on Mardi Gras for those beads? Oh yeah, dollar on the rack and. <laughs> do you collect them back at the end of the night for next no, year? No, I don't. Really do oh. We'll be back after this, kids. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I feel dirty. Let me send you the picture. Thank you. Why, hello. I love Richie. It really is. It really is a Scotty Who moment. He is such a team player, too. Thank you for taking that photograph. No, it's almost by design. Uh, the new phone that CBS sort of mandates that you have if you work upstairs, the new BlackBerry 8830, made without a camera. So it's like that's this, a bummer. Yeah, it's, it's like so. Yeah, so if you uh, so if you have that new uh, the phone, you get it and you're screwed because you have no camera on it. All right. Uh. Jesus. I don't even really know what to uh, what to do after that. I don't either, Rick, but that's the beauty of the show. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hey, um, hey, I was on the phone so long, you know, I kind of forgot my talks. But, hey, I was thinking about uh, something my wife told me yesterday, you know, this flu going around, uh, you know, our family. And uh, she told me that the reason that her and her babysitter um, haven't gotten it is because they smoke. So there you go, you know. Instead of getting a flu shot next year, just pick up a pack of smokes and you'll be fine. But anyway, are you there? Yes. Okay. Also, I wanted to talk about uh, um, your top five when you had the uh, top five uh, weirdest songs, I think it was, uh-huh. that, that had a, like a great beat. Uh, I couldn't believe you didn't you missed my email <clears throat> for Michael Jackson's PYT. I mean, if pretty young thing for Michael uh, Jackson. Good but creepy. I don't know what it is. Thank you, my friend. All right, bye. There you go, and there's the final call of the day. All right. One of the Xena radio correspondents, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Castamon, James Roop, and uh, Sarah Wagner from upstairs. Join us tomorrow. Well, I guess we'll include Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio, the news from Jim Riley and the phones. Richie Bristol.
Uh, Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. And, of course, uh, CBS Radio Portland uh, Director of, Mar- of uh, Engineering is Brian Jones. Uh, like us next, Down to Mike at 7. See you off with a recap at 10 and the show at 11. Thank you for listening. And look for the picture of Richie on the site here in a, a few minutes. Uh, and so forth and whatnot. And uh, thanks for listening. And have a great evening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>